0: Transmitting live from Planet Margate. This is episode fourteen of Buddies Buddies, featuring Adam Ilhan. What a day, what a day, what a day. It doesn't take much for me to quote Erica Badu. This is one such occasion where an Erica Badu quote is needed, as is the quote later on in her song On and On. I think I need a cup of tea. What a day. So, the reason you can't hear seagulls and the soft swell of the tides and outdoor things and whatnot um is because uh i basically i recorded this chat yesterday um right up against the wire it ended up being that i could only record the intro today and uh the weather was a i'm not gonna use swears because uh the guest uh, all right. You know who the guest is. It's, it's Ardam, basically. Ardham Ilhan. Um, his kids might listen to it. So let's just say it was a heck show of uh, titanic proportions. And uh, yeah, the, re- the recording when the tide was out was absolutely impossible. And for, for various reasons, the, the usual seaside recording was uh, unattainable. So... Um, again, to quote another song well, to name another song uh, this time by LL Cool J Backseat of My Jeep this is in the front seat of a Mazda Um, I'm sitting in the shotgun seat of a a Mazda it's dark, this is weird Um, the acoustics, I don't know they might sound nice when I've brushed it all up in post-production and such but it it sounds right, it's weird I've never done this before I've heard it done before, but uh, never, never done it. I could get used to it, but I mean, I'm not going to make it a habit for sure because uh, I do like recording outside. Anyway, that's what's up. So today's guest, as I said, I'm delighted to be joined by Adam. Uh He is a magnificent musician, um, truly somebody who I've been a massive appreciator and fan and follower of for a great many years, and it was such a treat when I found out that... Uh, and his family live in Margate so yeah uh, over the past year or so uh, Mrs Peace and I have sort of gradually kind of got got to know him and uh, and, and the fam and um, yeah they're a super lovely lovely bunch of people <laughs> yeah they're, they're so yeah such an inspiring and positive and uplifting crew of adults and kids to be around Um yeah it's uh it's been an absolute pleasure and uh yeah i i sort of knew that a chat with him would be on the cards because yeah as i say i mean i've been into his stuff for so long and like even since the days of um like he used to be in this band called fridge which we'll get into which was uh him and a guy called sam and uh of course you'll know kieran as fortet uh so yeah he you know he he knocks around with fortet a lot and all, all that sort of crew and um yeah, and sort of like uh, gradually moved into the. I mean, I, th- I think you call it alt folk movement or oh, movement sound. You know that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, not as a, like a conscious like right from now on. I'm alt folk. It was, yeah. You know, it just sort of naturally happened. I think it was a very organic uh, move. But yeah, it, it's it's all this stuff's always so tricky to name and like to put into pigeonholes. Like we get we get into the like the whole post-rock thing so like the, his band fridge they were you know in broad terms you might class them as post-rock where uh, adam kindly goes into that and his definition of it um i have so much trouble describing it it's uh, uh yeah as a, uh, you know as, a, as i say in the, in the chat it's, it's many things to many different people and uh it, uh, it the, the list of adjectives goes on and on and it's uh, it's a bit of a head scratcher but um have a listen to Fridge. You'll get the picture, and uh, basically that is post rock. Like that's a very good dis- descriptor and a very good sort of signpost for that, that kind of music. He he sort of made his way into scoring as well. Like not long after being in Fridge, actually, this is quite a, quite early in his career. So all along his sort of singer songwriter years, he's been uh, scoring and composing for film and TV, uh, working with well recently Armando Iannucci, like one, one of the the godfathers and kingpins of modern comedy and satire uh, you know uh, the thick of it day to day all the Alan Partridge stuff um, uh, in the loop uh, David Copperfield um, the new version with uh, Dev Patel and and Currently, Avenue Five, uh, featuring an incredible performance by Hugh Laurie, and um, yeah, and it's it, just an amazing cast, basically. So yeah, a uh, man of many talents, many hats, can um, goals, stetsons, uh, bubbles, you name it, he's he's wearing them. Um, adept at many uh, different styles of music, and a, a truly lovely, humble, humble fellow as well. Uh, so yeah th- this will be a, it's a good one for musicians a good one for those who don't know who Adam is at all uh, get to know him this is the perfect opportunity and um, yeah uh, just yeah real um, celebration of creativity so yeah uh, I'm gonna be back at the end uh, for some updates and some news and bits and pieces so please do stick around for that Uh hope I haven't rambled on too much on this one because uh, I, I really want you to check out the intro so please without further ado Welcome, my friend, your friend, ladies and gentlemen, he's our friend, this is Ardem Ilhan. Do you listen to many podcasts? No, I don't listen to many podcasts. Do you listen to any podcasts?
1: Some, I listen to some, I'm well into, I'm well into board games. Yeah. I, I, I get a lot of information from podcasts about those.
0: And board games translate to podcasts how well?
1: Really well. Really well.
0: So know there's more than a few. There's like a lot of D and D ones Because 'cause I've, yeah. I've never played They're hugely D&D. successful
1: those ones, yeah. No, nor have I. They're they're hugely successful. Yeah. I think it's a funny medium podcasting because basically you're listening in on someone's conversation. That's always nice, you know. If it's if it's two interesting people talking yeah. then or seven interesting people talking, or mm. whatever. I think that um if you're sitting next to them on the table wherever you are, you yeah know, listening yeah. in, it's it's always gonna be interesting even if they're you know enthusiasts on how to mix concrete or oh yeah stars or whatever so if you've got people who are enthusiastic about what they do Mm. yeah anything makes a great podcast
0: the one thing that i've found recently that immediately takes me out is when things get really in the weeds and they start saying like I've heard of one about there's like a, a couple of music geeks talking and it started off quite interesting because it was kind of alright I'm, I'm holding on like white knuckling it a bit but I, I kind of get what you're saying and then they started going in on synths and oh so so that uses the uh, PS73 uh, processor does it yeah 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 it's like I have no idea what you're talking about anymore and I'm I, as much as I love synths and music like I, I can't get in on this anymore and then they went deeper and deeper and then just like Ended up in the middle of a spiral somewhere, and it's it's so excluding of the audience. It's really that's when podcasts kind of dim my head in a bit.
1: Well, I think those podcasts are are aimed at people who are specialists in that field. Just as if someone's got a podcast about tax law, you know, they're yeah, going to be talking yeah, about I that, guess. and they, it'd be weird for them to explain every yeah. obvious uh, what they would consider obvious thing.
0: Yeah, I guess it's my it's my fault in a
1: way. <laughs> no, it's just it, I, I think it's a that know your audience i think is, is what yeah. what they're doing and they're not aiming at you you can you yeah, can listen yeah. in but then get ready for the ride
0: yeah true and maybe i'll learn some things as well i think that when i was listening to it i just wasn't in the mood for it and i was just sort of like listening like i'm sitting there with my arms folded and i was like yeah all right come on, entertain me and then then it got into the weeds and then there was a sort of like, "Ah, i'm out i can't do this
1: yeah there's I, I i love sort of just being thrown in yeah and trying to to follow what's going on and there's a huge element of of that in in all sorts of I found over the years in stuff I do that that degree of just make it work that that level of blag is uh, yeah, is yeah. really really important and and it stops you realize that everyone's blagging until they know what they're doing <laughs> and 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 then they're just blagging on something else and yeah, so yeah. Uh, it just depends on how you look at it
0: what do you consider blagging like what's your definition of blagging
1: I think fundamentally when I, when I talk about blagging, I mean learning on the job, frankly. Yeah. It's no, nothing more glamorous than that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, It's like a, an apprenticeship you put yourself on um, yeah. a, in at the deep end. And I've luckily been thrown in the deep end quite a few times. And uh, over the years, you become more and more confident that you can swim yeah, in different, yeah, yeah. different waters.
0: Yeah, that's a very nice way of putting it. Um, I haven't introduced you Adem Ilhan?
1: Yeah. I, I even I can't pronounce it properly. Give it um, give it a shot. Adem Ilhan. Ilhan. My dad's Turkish. Okay. And um in the A's are pronounced like long U sounds kind of. Like an Ah. Uh, oh okay, yeah, yeah,
0: so yeah. So Ilhan. Almost like if you put a shove another A in there and almost like and but English. then squeeze them together a little bit.
1: Okay. <laughs> Ilhan. Adem's Adam. nice. fine.
0: Well, talking about your parents, what line of work did your parents, what line of work were they kind of drawn to? I'm, I'm imagining it's either music or something totally unrelated to music. Yes and yes.
1: <laughs> so Go on. so my, my dad came to the UK. He's got a very long and brilliant story um, of how he came to be here uh, from being a mountain farm boy in yeah. rural Turkey, living in the middle of nowhere where there's no running water and apart from the stream and the day is you know working the crops and the animals as a little boy he was still joining in as that and um someone passed through playing the harmonica and he was like well that's what i want to do music and no spent his life making that happen it yeah yeah it's quite extraordinary
0: do you know what um like is there any record of what the song was did he know what it was no, he just liked no, the sound anything. of
1: it yeah and um, he he doesn't really tell the stories much either. But he, you know, went to Istanbul and he made bands and toured around and sold his the 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 band sold all their equipment to buy a van to go on tour. Oh,
0: right. and they what was the band
1: called? I don't know. Uh-huh. I'm not sure they do. Uh-huh. Uh, it's quite a, quite a hazy period. I think the yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, early 70s around uh, touring in a little camper.
0: Oh yeah, I can well imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah they had a wild time. It sounds like
0: there's i know there's like a huge scene of like crazy psych sort of turkish kind of stuff like yeah um, i think
1: they were more i think they weren't extreme i think they were like they yeah. play rock and roll in bars right right right. they'd play but classic like la bamba yeah. and stuff like that and I, <laughs> my dad still insists that's one of the greatest songs ever um uh, yeah. pop songs and because it gets people dancing and he's seen it work every yeah. night you know oh yeah uh, yeah. Is.
0: no i'm sure he's got yeah like demonstrable Sort of experience yeah, and seeing it work, like, yeah, it's funny seeing it, it from the
1: other side because you think La Bamba, yeah, it's all right, it's you know, it yeah, like yeah. all the others that happen around then. But he said yeah. that one in particular just got everyone going every time,
0: it does as well. It's like, even if you're sitting there, like you know, folded arms, like mm, don't want to dance, and you that comes on, you're like, okay, fine, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's one that can sort of is yeah, you can just sort of like do that thing where you fake dancing, like, oh, look at me, I'm dancing, and then by the end, you're,
1: you're just dancing, it's fine,
0: all right, so from the music action he was involved in out there how did he come to that the was, UK
1: that was just his um route I think he'd always been interested in the classical music side of things and I've had to patch this up over the years you know as he doesn't sort of talk much about it yeah, um, yeah but he always wanted to study and then he came to a very difficult Britain I think in the early mid 70s mm-hmm. um, you know being an immigrant yeah, yeah. without much to offer but a, you know wanting to learn yeah but he went to university and studied and studied and that was it his real love is classical music and and that was always kind of his thing and I never really had much uh to do with that growing up it was quite separate from what I was listening to or what I was was in the house even he yeah had, you know, his yeah. records were in a cupboard
0: was he like a classical record collector because some some classical fans get very deep. And yeah, he's not that. Very deep. He's not going
1: to do that. It's just like he likes that track. He'll get it. Yeah I, yeah, I do remember having in in one of the rooms having this big old machine with a turntable on it and a cassette recorder in it. Like it all, the all-in-one all the horizontal with a with sort of like perspex lid. And it's a coffee table, and yeah. it was a record player. Exactly. It's was, it was kind of a, a bit like that. But it was. It, I, I remember being really intrigued by the buttons and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the clunk of of each switch.
0: Yeah. No, I think I had exactly the same thing. Like my nan and grandad used to have the same thing, although it was basically like a piece of furniture on legs, full on tabletop. You open the lid in the middle and then, yeah, it's, it's a record player. It's got the radio, the the dial, like the size of a, half an orange or something. Yeah. And it's, yeah, those that real sense of like... And there's, you get the sense of like... There's a real weight behind all those yeah, all knobs real, and dials and stuff.
1: I like the physicality of those those machines.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now you know, when, it's just like tapping a very delicate screen. Yeah. So was he playing a lot of music in the house or like we no, and Never. My,
1: my dad worked at nights, so he wasn't very present. So he would go out and play nightclubs, play yeah. music, play keyboards, but sort of stuff for people to eat to and dance yeah, to yeah. and then he'd come home and he'd be asleep through the day. Ah. So we'd be quiet in the house. And he'd wake up and then go to work.
0: Wow. So it was like a proper sort of
1: jobbing musician. Yeah. Um, and
0: how about your mum? Like, she's sort of like holding it down. Yeah, like, holding
1: it down. Uh, no, yeah. the, the, she's, uh, my mum's always brought up the family. Uh she's done lots of other jobs. She's worked in schools. She's um done lots of secretarial work, she's done lots of office jobs, stuff like that. It was anything to help the family get by really. The three of us looked after us, made sure we got to school. Yeah. Made sure we spoke properly, that was the important thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I think growing up where I did, it felt to her, it felt really important that we could speak properly in order to give us opportunities in the yeah. future. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of, I think, yeah, back then it was probably uh, like if you if you are from another country, then maybe in a, in a sort of less tolerant Britain, then probably the way you speak is kind of like this, the first sort of communication element that. Yeah, I think that
1: my, more more it's, it's it's even deeper than that. My mum was a South Londoner. Generations, generations, generations. I was born, and raised in Southwest London. Oh, so and, um, she, she's from yeah, the UK. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, but the, from where I was born and brought up, it's one of the biggest estates, housing estates in in Europe at the time. Yeah, and and it's brilliant area. You know, there's lots of there's Richmond Park nearby, and there's
0: where did where, you know, where was it? Roehampton. Uh, okay.
1: So I yeah, grew up. Yeah, yeah. I, I was in. You know, they, people would travel there to see these new social housing hmm. things and, and what and what
0: was so special about Was it just massive like was it kind of uh
1: like an sort of awe-inspiring like no it's just there were just clever design things from the 60s uh. they were big concrete blocks from the 60s oh right but they were cool. they were set up in certain ways and so people weren't just looking into each other's windows ah. you could see a bit of sort of like mindful re- architecture sort of, yeah like, very much so yeah and um so i grew up there and i think my mum knew the value of being able to present yourself and your arguments Mm. and she knew a lot of people around her weren't able to do that and were struggling yeah I think my my granddad always sort of carved his own path and so yeah I got the tools to get out
0: yeah yeah and there's that um do you have any echoes in your head sort of in your at your current age like are you sort of is there any part of you that's like consciously thinking of that time or like the lessons you've learned or anything like that or is it is it just sort of it's ingrained now? Oh, it's totally ingrained, as yeah, I was yeah.
1: brought up. But uh, you know, being a, a relatively new parent from the moment that my first child was born, it's, it's you suddenly realise what it means to what they did. You know, mm. in a, in a sort of different way. Well, it was for me anyway. Yeah. That, that by becoming a dad, you're just like oh, that's what my dad did do, or that's what he didn't do, or yeah. that's what yeah. I didn't know, so that's what I did notice. And you start to think about all the things you're passing on. And I'm in a very different position now. You know, I'm definitely middle class and I definitely wasn't born that way. Mm. Um, and and it, there's a different sort of set of things to think about.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with the parenting side of things, like do you, do you feel like you're... I'm just curious about this because I'm not a parent myself and I'm just wondering like, do you have an idea of how you think it's going to go and then it goes a different way when you become a parent or are you kind of like... It, do you do you feel yourself almost like being controlled by your this is what my parents would have done in their in my situation sort of thing or i think do you know what i mean
1: I, I think it's more vague than that i, I don't have a big plan i don't yeah. i don't try and reflect on it too much i think and and i think it's important as well i say i've got different things to think about now but fundamentally the same things are important be yeah. kind be kind be kind you know, and if I can teach those things, yeah. then then um, you know we're going to go a long way. And I turned out all right on that I'm sort of rule. All-
0: yeah, he did, and your kids as well, uh, if I may. They're quite wonderful. Yeah, they're. Um, I think they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been lovely, kind of getting to know them over the past year or so, and all you, all you guys here. Um, and how did you? How do you find yourself in Margate
1: of all places? Margate happened as a surprise, really. Uh, my partner and I were getting fed up with london a bit and we spent 12 years in this amazing place that we'd sort of made our own in in stoke newington uh, and yeah. we were hoping to rent it but the other people trying to get their hands on it were the local car fixers who wanted uh-huh. a place to park their cars uh-huh. so it's a big old concrete floor open space yeah and um yeah over 12 years we turned it into a really wonderful place and oh, wow. winter our first uh, kid was born there in the, in the place. And we were really, really, really close to it. We never wanted to buy a house. You know, we just wanted to live a life. We felt it was a bit weird. Mm. Buying things felt strange somehow. And at the time.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if you're used to renting as well, then it's sort of, it's yeah. and, and, kind of,
1: but then unfortunately we learned the hard way why people buy houses. Yeah. You know, the landlord gave us a month's notice and doubled the rent Yeah. and it was like, un- it wasn't affordable. <laughs> So we, we looked around at other places and we found a sort of another place to live just down the road for a couple of years. But it was by that point, actually before we even moved out, it felt very much like the stuff we loved about London and being in the middle of it all wasn't the same. And this is, mm-hmm. I don't know, six years ago, five years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. we started to feel this and it was this sort of spread of, we were so used to people being bundled together and making art yeah, because yeah. they were bundled together. You know, we lived in a really great community of, of people making. Yeah. And and gradually over years, everyone was being spread out thinly, like a like a small bit of butter over a big bit of toast. Yeah. All over yeah. North and East London, and no, into tot- the southeast. Yeah.
0: No, because I was I lived fairly close to you, I think, at, at the same time, like sort of around t- 2010. I was in um, it's sort of like Camden Road. This is getting way into the weeds with details and locations but like camden road holloway road i was like if that forms the pyramid of the a i was in the line of the a Mm -hmm. uh really near caledonian road station yeah all right geographical references over um but yeah yeah i was was fairly near to you i think and i mean yeah i I didn't i didn't really know any in the immediate vicinity like unlike margot i didn't know anyone locally to me who was making stuff So he definitely had to sort of travel a bit so yeah, maybe it was. That's when it was happening in my area. I don't know. Yeah, I
1: feel like I feel like for that whole period, it just felt absence of community happening yeah. all over the place. And yeah, there were. I'm not saying there aren't groups and areas where things are happening, but yeah. it wasn't in the way that we were looking for. Right, right. And and so it felt weird. We'd always sort of moved to places where things were, felt like they were happening or just about yeah. to happen. It felt really nice to be have that energy where and that where where people are making things happen and yeah
0: and it's palpable isn't it you can really like detect it in a place for sure yeah, yeah. and and that's
1: you know i did a show at the tom thumb theater mm. just a, a just a gig and we were feeling this and it was like such a great evening and then we moved along and transmission that night we're doing an opening party the yeah. record shop and in resort studios and it was really yeah. like vibrant and lively and people were you know making things happen that's all of way take, that, yeah
0: like all you have to do for me is just like open a record shop it's like oh, okay I'll, I'll probably think about moving
1: there <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's great and and i think what was what really struck us was uh, obviously as a as a result of rents being lower and and the the idea of things yeah. that were going on people could just do what they wanted mm. without having to compromise yeah. yeah so if you wanted to be the best cheese toasty. You don't also have to sell coffee and donuts mm. and all the other stuff in, right. order, in order to afford your rent on Dalston Lane, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, or wherever. You can actually just open a shop on the Harbour Arm and do cheese toasties, yeah, and then or like, whatever, yeah. And and that's really sudden, focused, isn't it? Yeah, 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 and you feel people being sort of happy about what they're producing yeah. and what they're making, and you feel people really devoting themselves to those things rather than kicking themselves for compromising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what we felt that energy when we came here and the next day we put an offer on our house.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. It's, I think that's what happened with, because um, I spoke to Dom from Heckles and uh, mm-hmm. that was like the first episode and like he came here with his uh, wife and then, yeah, they had a really nice time and almost like a week later they were essentially living here.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it's surprising. It took a long time for us to clear things through to actually move here. Mm. Um, i say long time probably not that long but it felt like a long time we really yeah. want we were ready to move here and it felt yeah. great and that sense of a tight community you know, you're always nervous you have to be careful because you don't know anyone you know who, mm. who knows what's going to happen yeah, it's a risk, and you, for sure. you come you come to a smaller community and you sort of present yourself yeah you know it's kind of a <laughs> yeah. weird
0: thing isn't it yeah um it, it, but I, all your lot is out there and it's like right this is what i've got this is what i'm contributing, and. Uh, do know is that is that any east to anyone
1: <laughs> well that's a big question as well when i moved here it was very much like what do i make you know i'm wandering around singing the praise of all these people doing what they want to do and mm. making what they want to make and providing for the community it's like, what do i do <laughs> yeah, no, yeah i don't do anything for the local community in that way i don't have a shop front and i we considered it it's like what does that mean should should i have something that I'm doing. You know, yeah. What, do we need a greengrocer? Should I be doing a greengrocer? Like, that's not my passion. Why should I do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But all these things were going through my mind when we first moved here.
0: Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's natural. Like you're gonna be sort of like thinking of like everything you could possibly do and then like I guess it like hopefully if all goes to plan then you can just whittle it down to the thing that you are brought here to do sort of thing. But
1: um I think there's also just a a big thing of just being part and Contributing, mm. you know, and I'm not just meaning sort of going to buy things, no, but no. to be supportive, to be visible, yeah, to yeah, be yeah. encouraging, and those things are, are valid and valuable too.
0: I mean, yeah, that's what that's definitely what what we're trying to do, and it's like it's not even what what I love about it is it's not even like an obligation. It's like oh, I've got to go to this thing. It's like oh, it, we're we're so happy that we've got to go to this thing. It's like it's lovely. Like there's so many really cool options, and like I remember last. I think, like, t- t- towards the end of last summer, they were like, they were, there was a week where there's literally too much stuff going on and I, I, it was just, like, burnout. And it, but it's like, that's such a cool position to be in. It's like, there's too many good things happening. Yeah, it's wonderful. And yeah. I think
1: that Margate, over the last few years, has definitely gone past that point of, of is this going to work? Is, mm. this, is this sustainable? What's happening? And mm. now it's just, like, a steady flow of ideas and people yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and all manner of things.
0: Absolutely. Have you gotten over that, like finding your contribution? And yeah, I think I've, yeah. I
1: feel like I've got over that sense of needing to give. Yeah. In a yeah. in a kind of in a kind of um, material way, like having an object or a process that I do for the community, mm-hmm. and and generally it's it's embodied in social stuff.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Beach yeah.
1: clean or you know, doing something with the school or yeah. you no know, <laughs> stuff like that, yeah. where or, as well as. Being there for the different businesses that are around, yeah, yeah, and, and interacting with the people, and using and sourcing skills from the local area.
0: Mm. Talking about local area skills, etc. Mm. So there's no shortage of amazing musicians here. Like, have you worked with many of yeah. them? Yeah, so well,
1: I, I, I did a project not long ago. Well, maybe it was a little while ago. Now, there's a film called Yesterday. Which came out, yes, and um, I was involved in that, and I was effectively musical director. And you wrote all of the original songs? Is that correct? Co- I co-wrote all the original songs with um, very catchy with Richard Curtis ah. and uh, the, uh, Daniel Pemberton. <laughs> yeah, and uh, had a lot of fun doing so. In fact, as a funnier side, one of the weirder moments of my life, I got a, a form through that I had to fill, which was a application for. Submissions for an Oscar, <laughs> which which is just nonsense because none of this none of this stuff would ever win an Oscar because it's not that sort of thing like, like best original song. It's not designed for that. Yeah, yeah, I had to write deliberately mediocre songs for this guy, um, but they're just getting the sort of shiny gold form that yeah. you have to write, uh, fill out all the boxes on. It's quite oh. funny and it's quite a bonkers thing to do. <laughs> but yeah, you get you have to check yourself from time to time, don't you? Yeah, but man. yeah. So yesterday, I. As a musical director, I had to sort of write stuff. I had to arrange the 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 Beatles songs in there. I trained the actor how to sing and play properly.
0: So can we? Well, just in case anyone hasn't seen it, so it's um, brief synopsis: man hits his head, uh, world forgets
1: Beatles songs. Spoiler alert, man! <laughs> oh, it's <in> the trailer. <laughs> yeah, it's all in the trailer. Um, so yeah, a guy mediocre singer songwriter. At the end of, he's about to give it all up. He's had enough and then he bangs his head and he wakes up in a world where the Beatles never existed. Mm. But he remembers and he rinses his knowledge and memory of the Beatles songs to make him one of the greatest stars ever. Mm. And an unlikely star, but um, it shows the strength of the music of the Beatles. Mm. and it's, it's all really nice. But he gets a band together to play some shows, in particular a big Wembley show, mm-hmm. which we recorded at Wembley and everything. Oh, um, but he needed a band so I approached um, Charlie Hanna, mm. who's a local Margate, and he has a band called Itchy Teeth. Itchy Teeth, and um, I thought I knew they loved and knew the Beatles stuff inside out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: I feel like Charlie's solo stuff, like he he sort of reminds me of like the Paul McCartney solo stuff. Like it, it, I feel like he's just got a room full of cool instruments, and he's just like, all right, this one, this one, this one, this one yeah he's brilliant he's so
1: fun he's got yeah. a great he's got a great ear and a great attitude towards music yeah 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 and um so i approached them and said look do you guys want to be the band this is, uh, i had to go and clear it with the the bosses mm, <laughs> it's like because there were some people saying oh we need these super hyper session dudes it's like it's not about super hyper session dudes it's about people with heart and mm. a bunch of his effectively the the actors schoolmates the character schoolmates yeah. who got together and make this brilliant music come to life uh, in a in a brilliant and honest way, mm-hmm. and I couldn't think of a better group to do it. No, so, that's so I got, those guys yeah. were, were. I convinced everyone upstairs <laughs> and um, gave them a phone call. Amazing, and we worked together for months on it.
0: Yeah, and you said you. So you trained uh, Himesh Patel. Like, did you train him? Like, what? How? How? What was the process? Like, what? So you. Hmm, I'm I'm trying to sort of unpack what I'm getting at. So, just because I feel like you had a lot different parts to play in your work on it yeah it was it
1: was on yesterday i was called on board um not to compose the music which is what i would normally do to picture so i'd get a job and i would make music for a picture yeah um think this this, is why i'm
0: confused because i'm used to you your solo music and and band music and scores and you know i've got lots of hats
1: we'll talk about (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, for sure
0: but like so in this one it was almost like we want you to not do the thing you do but uh, all this other stuff
1: well the composer Daniel Pemberton mm. works with Danny Boyle a lot he's done a couple of his films and um, he's like he's a sort
0: of one of the daddies I suppose is, yeah.
1: he, is he a daddy of the uh, yeah he's composer, definitely definitely of... nowadays yeah. um, he's, he's definitely the daddy of interesting mm. uh, mainstream large scores he's yeah, great yeah, yeah. Um, and Danny said he wanted um, the composer to teach the actor how to play and sing and and the composer was like, "Well, I'm not really trained to do that." And the the point was that he didn't want him to be taught how to sing properly. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he wanted someone just to say, "To be human, just to
0: like teach him, like sort of show him how." It's it's almost sort of like acting in a way. It was like, "How how would I how would I play these as if I was somebody who's been doing this for a while?" Yes, and it's like, yes.
1: But yeah. the composer didn't have that set of skills, right, and he right. t- so he called me, and we've worked together on various things. Hmm. And um, he said to me, look, this is absolutely perfect for you. Do you want to do it? And I thought, oh, this is a bit of a big... It was a bit of a risky time for me because I'd put <laughs> things to do and it was a terrible time, um, but it was brilliant. Then he said, this is just you. It's about a singer-songwriter, which mm. is which I do and know inside out. Yeah. It's about a guy who loves the Beatles, which I've done since I was a tiny little thing. They were the only records we had lying around, really. Yeah, yeah, right. And then it was about... Oh, was your, was your dad a... Beatles, no, my mum was. Your
0: mum was oh, uh, yeah. okay? okay.
1: Um, me too. And then um, it was. It, it's about a failing singer-songwriter. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, it's about. <laughs> uh, uh, it's that. about this guy. He writes songs. He loves the Beatles. He plays gigs, and he's um, a performer. And he connects to people in in a human way through yeah. his music. Yeah. And um, I think I and, and it's someone who has to. I need someone who can teach him. Yeah. And I'd done some stuff like that before. I did some stuff with the RSC. I scored. Oh. I, I scored a season for the RSC wow. at the, up in Stratford upon Avon, and um, so
0: you can you know how to sort of relay comments. Well, and...
1: in that I had to do yeah. some songs, some of Shakespeare's songs, and so I had to teach the actors how to sing as an ensemble because they oh. weren't singers; they were actors. Yeah. And right. so my experience through that, I learned loads of stuff. So all these little jobs I'd done, all these various hats I'd worn, came together for this one thing. Amazing, yeah. And so for a couple it's a real of,
0: culmination of everything, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and a
1: couple of months before production started, before even the read-throughs, Himesh and I were spent a lot of time in a little room just working on how to play these songs. And he he could sing very well. And he played guitar a little bit before. But, for instance, he'd never sung into a microphone before. And he's got to come across, the character's got to come across jaded because he's done it so much. Yeah, And so things like that. And also doing arrangements of the Beatles songs for him. And if you think about it, a lot of the Beatles songs are actually famous for their harmonies especially the early stuff. You've got four voices yeah, yeah, and you've yeah. got this wonderful production from from Martin and, and there, you've got all this crazy stuff that you take for granted on the records.
0: But but also like you were saying about the, the harmonies and stuff. So like there's so much of that, but then there's also like you can hum a Beatles song and you'll get it. You don't have Absolutely. to have like two people and, humming them.
1: And, sort of, yeah. and my job was to kind of find out the right humming line and, mm-hmm. and how can I... Give that to Himesh, the actor, and put it on one instrument, a guitar or a piano, and make it feel really beautiful and a wow. special moment on each time. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the, the each time he performs, it's a key moment in the in the film. Mm-hmm. And so we worked on that and, and the expressiveness of that and how, you know, literally the physical aspect of playing that chord into that chord mm. whilst projecting this atmosphere. God.
0: And also, yeah, like you're saying, to get that kind of jaded appearance as well like oh god yeah he's well like, it, well there's blah, blah, blah. there's there's
1: two stages there's a bit where he's playing his own songs mm. which are kind of mediocre um at best and then you've got him suddenly being given this vessel that he Keys can he can transmit yeah. himself these songs yeah he can actually reach his what he sees as his his actual potential yeah, you know yeah, his yeah, songs yeah. are holding him back not his talents, sort of thing <laughs> yeah, yeah but then we find out all, all sorts of things yeah so so that was my job, to begin with. Yeah. But as I did more and more of that, I was given more and more responsibilities, like, to yeah. to cast the bands and to coordinate all the... I know it sounds silly, but to make sure all the equipment was right and valid and no, that someone big. would like, have that. Like, who yeah. would... And, and I, I hate that when I watch a film. Not, it doesn't kill me, but when I watch a film and it's totally wrong or something's not right and that person would never <laughs> have that or that's not even switched on.
0: But these are, like, the, the hills that you die on, aren't they? They're, like, the sort of... You know, it's like... Yeah, I know they in a recording studio, but you don't just push that button and then suddenly everyone starts playing and then it gets cut straight to vinyl. It's like...
1: Ugh. Exactly. And yeah. you, have to, you have to, you know, there's give and take. No, I know, I things. know.
0: But no, those things really niggle, don't they?
1: <laughs> but it was to their credit that they got they asked me on board to make sure that was right. Yeah, yeah. Most yeah. of the time. And, and, and that was really, really fun. And sometimes we said, you know what, it's better if we do do it the wrong way because it's, it's more fun. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, because at least they've got like, someone there to tell them yeah. that it's, it's, you know, making a decision not to do it right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, like, by the way, just so you know, this isn't how it happens, but okay. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a lot of like, well they call it like shoe leather like it's you know walking from one place to another and the camera showing all these processes going on it's like you don't it's like come on all right you haven't got to show them loading a reel onto a tape recorder or something
1: yeah and so it went from from that to organizing you know huge productions at Wembley Stadium and and stuff like that and so it was a wonderful experience crazy Mm. but lots of different roles within that and and I really enjoyed it
0: well it's yeah it feels like it um You're talking about like the sort of culmination of all these roles. It's like everything from your own songwriting, performing as a solo musician to being in a band as Mm. well, which is you've served your time doing that. You were in Fridge. Yeah. You started. I'm in
1: Fridge, I guess. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. No,
0: no. Sorry. Past 10, so I shouldn't do that naughty
1: buddy so well, yeah you, it's you, been a very long time since our last release <laughs> so I, I think you're you're entitled to that ah, but, we're all busy with our own stuff so it's a good yeah, assumption
0: yeah 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 well that's it it's because you're it's like there are so many strands from fridge outwards but um were like was that like the first sort of music thing you'd been
1: involved in that was put out to the public yeah fridge was definitely my route yeah um i'd played a bit of music we yeah. had instruments lying around the house since i was yeah. a baby so and i'd played them you know from the start yeah, yeah and loved it i loved music i never thought i'd be able to do it as what i did yeah and when i went to secondary school a whole world opened up when i met a few people and they suddenly were used to seeing opportunity in in the world and mm-hmm. knowing that there were options and uh starting to make music with some of these people was great and fridge was the first big project i mean we had little bands before then mm-hmm. but fridge was a was suddenly a proper band we'd done gigs i had done gigs since since the start of secondary school really yeah, yeah and and it was just something we did and and it was great fun yeah. and we learned an awful lot but then when we started fridge fridge isn't a post-rock band it's instrumental it's exploratory Studio as instrument, and and that as a root, that as a start point for me, has informed most of my music. Actually, yeah, the yeah, idea yeah. of experimenting to find out the answer rather than assuming you do things the way that people do it.
0: Yeah, so like you haven't you haven't got the goal in mind. And it's like right, it's this way, and there's, we're only going to go this way, and we're going to get to the end result, and then that's the song done, and it's all done, and it's absolutely. Like, yeah. And I
1: think there's also taking it back there's an element of the of the on the jobness of it Mm. we we produced all of our own music Mm. but we didn't want it to sound like other people's music yeah yeah. there are technical ways you can i don't know mic up a snare drum and if you went to university for engineering they would show you the ways to do it yeah yeah. whatever yeah but we would say okay what sounds interesting what sounds in our head what do we want to hear yeah you know, it doesn't have to sound this particular way and that approach to everything really um, made our music stand out i think and yeah, made yeah. me think in a different way
0: yeah it's, it's crazy because like, i remember like my introduction into what what i know as post-rock i mean it's many things to many people i know but yeah. um he made me this tape and it had like the well i know the full not post-rock but it, around the fall, it was like John Fahey, um, Papa M. I'm sure there was a fridge song on there as well, and just like tons of all this like random stuff. And it totally, like, yeah, cul-de-sac was on there. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, bl- blew my mind completely. And it was like coming from a hip hop DJ slant, well, like, perspective, yeah. which is where I come from. Yeah. Like, I was all about like drums and sort of weird samples that come yeah. from unknown origins, and like that. It sort of had it all because it was like. Something through the texture of like post rock music. That's what I think of it is. It's like I think it's texture, and then it's like you're saying, like micing up drums, the drums, and a lot of tracks are really sort of like, oh, I could use that. And yeah, it's really it interesting. Like I that. think
1: I think with post rock, there's lots of different, as you say, different things. There's the quiet, loud guitar rock stuff, <laughs> yeah. There's the instrumental <laughs> like M- stuff. M-Mogway. There's the detailed acousticy stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's the um, and then and then the sort of stuff that we were trying to do, which was experimental. Music, I think it was summed up really well once. It was like dance music made by a rock band, mm. and, but but it never sounded like dance music. It never sounded like a rock band. It was like some of it was ambient, some of it was, sort of some of it was beautiful. Dance some it. of it, yeah. But I think that the the idea of of exploratory music was the thing that kind of umbrellas all of post rock.
0: I love that term explorative as well. I never, I haven't really heard that associated with it, but yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it, it. I think yeah. people
1: just trying stuff out. Yeah, and and. There is a huge element of of sort of early '90s American hip hop that influenced our stuff, right, definitely. Right. And, and I can uh, hear it though. It's yeah, like the,
0: the, well, the drum machines as well, and like the sort of the grooves. Some of it, it's like oh, just that as just like as '70s
1: drum German kraut rock yeah. is in there. Just as you know, garage was starting to come in, and we yeah, were really yeah, yeah. looking at that, and and the, the sort of early
0: oh, like garage.
1: Speed garage, yeah, speed garage, yeah, yeah, UKG. yeah, yeah, yeah. UKG. <laughs> and um, that stuff was happening around us, you know. And growing up in South London, mm. it was happening. We'd go and well, you'd hear it, it like this <laughs> out of a car, every car. Does that, does that translate? It translates well. Um, but we go and see this stuff happen in real life, you know, and it was raw and exciting, mm. and dance music in. in Britain in mean London because I didn't didn't really go anywhere else. I knew I only know the London stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dance music in London in the mid nineties was really exciting. Mm, it was bubbling. And you right? had yeah. but you had people who were listening to Timberland production, mm. but bringing some lo-fi sort of rawness to it rather than this yeah. sort of slick. And and it was really exciting. Oh yeah, yeah. And it felt no, really. You just wanted to hear what was happening next.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like even hearing you talking about it and then like listening to you guys as a band it's like it just makes me want to make music it's weird listening to something and you, it's like i almost can't get too deep into it because i'm already thinking oh i want to make something now and it's like i'm half listening to it half imagining what i could do after pushing stop sort of thing
1: yeah it was a really buzzy time and yeah. it felt really sort of vital music felt really important and really with a message and a freshness yeah. um that it was so inspiring and we made music and we were lucky. We sent out, I don't know, there's a cross between lucky and, and worked hard. Yeah, yeah. No, I know you mean. It's, it's quite we hum- sent out- humble. Like your tone is
0: humble and I understand you saying it's lucky, but yeah, you worked for it though. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, but we sent out two cassettes and the first one got our first gig and the second one got us a record deal, you know, and, and it was really <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> yeah, um, And as was with the Output, right? Output, yeah, yeah. Trevor Jackson. Trevor Jackson. He was brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Total legend at the time as well particularly
0: well he's um sorry let me cut you off there man but like he uh uh there was a group called the brotherhood back in the 90s and Mm -hmm. they like so allow me to turn the mics on me for a sec beg your pardon so the brotherhood on the first radio tape i ever made on like i was recording tim westwood on in 1993 and the brotherhood were on that and that's like one of my favorite tracks on the whole radio tape that's literally that was my first thing i'd ever taped off rap radio so he's got a special place in my heart because he was like he's a, a proper like head like a real hip-hop producer and so i sort of followed him since there and i'll kind of follow him wherever he goes pretty much now so yeah it was, it,
1: what was great for us trevor jackson you know super cool brilliant taste and and great production of his own yeah but what was lovely for us is by having him support us and say hey guys i think this is cool mm. everyone really listened yeah, yeah, and it grew from there. Mm. And he would send us over. He'd say, on, boys, let's let's make something." And he'd send us over his eight his eight oh eight. He's like, "Okay, what are we going to do with this machine?" And <laughs> so we'd learn how to use NATO an 808 and and, and and make make no angle poised, which is a song we did. Yeah, you know, so end up doing these various tracks, whether it's fourteen seconds or fifteen minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so and then the next time he said, "I've heard this keyboard's really cool," and then he'd, he'd either hire us or, or it or suggest we use it. <laughs> yeah, and um, we'd. Uh, work on a new new record in sam's bedroom <laughs>
0: amazing it's so it's yeah that like, like really excites me it's like like now i honestly i'm getting that feeling it's like i just want to <laughs> it's like i want to push stop and just go and make some beats or something. that is great yeah, and awesome. we, we
1: this was all happening while we we're at secondary school remember yeah we we're making these records and we we're doing these shows and we we're touring around and you know really really watching music and listening to music and going to camden all the time and, yeah really, really absorbing the music. But even at that point, I never felt that, I never really felt that I could be a musician, full stop. Yeah. And I was always thinking, what am I going to do? So I went to university and the other guys, they studied a subject. I studied maths and pure and experimental maths. And that was really great. I loved it. Yeah. And I spent two years at university. And then we got, I got a phone call saying that we've just been offered an amazing record deal for Fridge. And I was like, who'd do that? (laughs) and who who on the in their right mind would offer support uh. money and and all this sort of stuff to an instrumental you know rock band there's not you, yeah. there's a limit and especially in the late 90s yeah you know the the big hitters you know gabriel's you know mm-hmm. see this pop music you yeah know? yeah um yeah and it, and it was very sort of
0: like the the real like indie labels and things like that like you look back now it seems like it was all occupying the same space but i guess like financially it really wasn't no it really wasn't
1: so we were approached by go beat which was Mm. a subsidiary of go disc you know it's a really major and and um a publishing house as well and we found out that in the end there were two people signed by the same R guy at Mm. the same time it was us and arab strap (laughs) <laughs> and to this major label it's like this is bonkers yeah, yeah, yeah and we and but there was a choice to make so we have to kind of do this now they're offering to give us some money they're going to rent us this permanent 24-hour studio it's going to be a, a room for to put our stuff yeah, in yeah. um but <laughs> we've got to, we've got to do in. it and they, the other two are like we've got to do this and i'm like oh man were you straddling so were you straddling the
0: maths music time no label? i was just
1: doing i was just doing maths at university and, and bits of other, you know, and so what, what was stuff, but not really music, yeah. And we would do, we'd get together every now and then to do a remix of something because we were doing all sorts of remixes mm. at the time, but not often. So we're keeping it up and we, we, we were keen, yeah, yeah. Um, but we'd made two albums and we were doing these remixes and we were doing shows here and there, but we were concentrating on, on university really and getting, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. experience and whatever, yeah, yeah. And then this phone call comes and I was like, oh, I'm not sure one more year and I could finish my masters degree. I could be a math teacher. This is great. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm set up. I can, you know, it, it share this stuff with everyone because I love it. Yeah. And then... Um, no, it's,
0: it's a tricky decision because it's also, it's like, obviously the, the music part is kind of like, what you are, that, that's your thing. But I mean, maths is also your thing. It's totally so, my thing. Yeah. And I was loving
1: it. I met lots of nice people at university and I would be leaving all of those guys. Mm. And I thought, oh, this is a, a bit tricky, actually. And, and my course was quite... Snooty, you couldn't transfer. So I couldn't go back in the future and do one more year. Right. If yeah. you have, they, they all get, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything gets um, st- set to zero again. Yeah. So it's I found my mum. It, it? I said to my mum, oh, what should I do, mum? And she was, well, it's obvious, isn't it? You can always go back to university, but how, how often can you go back to a record deal? And I was like, wow, well, she, was, she was on yeah, it. She was on oh, it. Wow. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's totally right. And it's so. Very sage advice. So he sure. said, yes, I dropped out of university and then started making. Fridge records, more fridge records, wow. and it was a really really cool time. Yeah, and then so it's like yeah, I think you, you
0: certainly made the right
1: decision. I think so. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's born it's born out quite well. So, yeah, so far.
0: And then so was it quite a sudden transition to the solo stuff, or was it quite an easy thing to? I think it was an it, it was an easy thing um, because it's going from. I was, I was going to ask you about like expressing yourself like through instrumental music as opposed to vocal music because mm-hmm. your solo stuff is obviously it's your voice and
1: instrumentation. Yeah, I think uh, Fridge was instrumental because none of us could sing. Okay, <laughs> That was the first bit. Like that was the basic. Appreciate you how, honestly. That's how it started. And um, I'd sung in bands before, various iterations of it, but it was never mm-hmm. kind of very good.
0: Was it the and, kind of DIY like hardcore-y sort of? indie type stuff or? all manner
1: of thing it's yeah, it yeah, all yeah. sorts of stuff you know we've been in punk bands and been in rock bands and been in diy e band you know mm. whatever you kind of we've done all sorts of stuff but fridge you got to remember fridge started when no, we hadn't even started our GCSEs you know so it was oh kind of by that we're finding our feet then yeah yeah and so before that was kind of playing and just learning the rules of being in a room with other people with instruments. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's just vague, finding your feet. Yeah, that's and I've done other stuff with the school bands as well. There are sort of official school bands where you play in a you know, jazz group or whatever, yeah. which is like a swinging thing, which is great because you learn mm. how to play in a group. Yeah, yeah. And you learn, you, you cut your teeth a bit. Yeah. But yeah, so with, with Fridge, over time, I got more and more confident with singing. And there are bits of vocal stuff in the fridge stuff mm-hmm. popping up, but not you wouldn't really hear it. Is it more like a sort no of lyrics. voice as
0: instrument type? Yeah, thing? absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. And just as we wouldn't, just as I'd use a spoon or a glass or mm. a train line, you know, why not use the voice? Yeah, and love it. Was, it but that. no more important than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I think as the textures. Yeah, 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 as as we went on for a bit, there was I started doing some soundtrack work as well at that point about 2000 2001 so before my solo stuff i was starting to score
0: yeah you've been doing that for a a minute haven't you Uh, yeah well about 20 years yeah yeah
1: and then uh, it seemed like a thing i wanted to do i started i was messing around with these and um another guy in the band kieran he'd started doing his own solo stuff and it was aka fortet fortet yeah. yeah and so he'd um He'd start his 4T recordings or whatever it was mm. at the time and then it became 4T. Because and, and he was
0: on output as well,
1: right? Because I've, yes. I've got his
0: first 7-inch randomly, which was on output. I think
1: that's worth the, worth a couple of quid. It's probably worth more than a couple of It's really quid. good. Yeah, it's yeah, great I love one. it. So he did lots of stuff on output as well and I thought, well, I've I got something inside me that's different from this and it mm. didn't cross over with the fridge stuff. I played acoustic guitar and I started writing words and the words had meaning rather than sonic presence yeah, yeah yeah and so this the idea of the song or the message and and the attitude of of the music um really worked and it's quite quite strange cause it happened at the near the beginning of the alt folk thing which kind of worked in yeah. My favor yeah i yeah, was yeah. lucky to be part of that because it gave weight and it gave people a reason to pay attention to it more than perhaps if it was five years later
0: yeah because you were part of a sort of rising tide i suppose yeah. but also yeah.
1: it helped uh, i can't really find a, a good word but it was still trying to f- define itself and so to help mm. be part of that was 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 really good i remember listening to a demo from james yorkston his first album oh
0: right yeah and I, it, just, it was on domino right yes yeah, yeah. and that's
1: how uh, well not how we got into we've been in touch with domino for a long time but yeah um, but with that record i thought hang on he's doing exactly what uh, this is great i can make this music yeah yeah, um, yeah. We, we we almost like giving uh, you
0: permission yeah
1: well other people are making music so yeah. i can yeah. and it's in the same world it's not that weird no. and so yeah just went for it and, and got such a good response to the, uh, the six track demo mm. and five of those tracks went on the album
0: uh remind me what the first yeah, one called home songs oh so all right so what's the
1: that's my first solo and and that oh, was okay based... so
0: i was thinking of the one with the white cover other
1: planets oh so... love and other planets yes. came came a bit afterwards yeah oh, I so i did one that before was... that oh. so 2004 i did oh, home God. songs and that was my debut solo what's it yeah yeah and um i was really lucky with that it was really well received i got lots of good opportunities off mm. the back of that I'm
0: so sorry for that. That's that's ridiculous. I I honestly thought that Home Songs was
1: the one... No, Home Songs was the first one. That was the root. And that that whole atmosphere of that record was was really important, I think. And I did a festival to celebrate that sort of music that was just being born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, 2004... That's four years after Hour of Bewilderbeast. You know that that record was pretty much mm. doing that stuff already. Yeah, right. but it, there was a, as a scene as a it was burgeoning, and and so I, I ran a festival for a few years called Home Homefires,
2: uh-huh.
1: and um, loads of people did perform there, and yeah, I am really yeah. proud of that, and it did really well. It yeah, a, what a time! Something I well. boast about. You know, uh, some really really great artists did their first shows there or special shows there. Yeah, because I'd say to people, don't do what anyone would ask you to because i spoke spoke to lots of people making music at the time and they were like oh you know you feel like you have to play the record as it sounds as mm. and i've always been against anything <laughs> like that just make a wonderful event and that's yeah. it you know make your show special yeah yeah and if something goes wrong brilliant because it yeah, makes you that's make the magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so i said to everyone who played don't play anything that you feel obliged to play if oh, you just sure. want to come along and sing sea shanties do that if you want to have a you know flute and jazz bass as yeah. your backing then okay i'll you know <laughs> let's try it yeah. but, and so as a result you get all these amazing performances from these great musicians
0: yeah someone like, i can imagine them going
1: really yeah, yeah. well you mean i can do anything and, then, and people like, responded really well to that yeah, yeah. And, and and you'd have these really quite established acts in the scene or people who became big players mm. doing super exciting stuff mm. and um is it any of it recorded three. There is some footage. There's right. a filming of it somewhere. I don't have any of it, um, but you can hear bits of it all over. And, yeah, and yeah. W- it was quite a broad um, array of stuff, but with a central aesthetic and a central ethos to the whole thing. Yeah. And I still get emails from people who it only lasted for a few years, like two thousand four, two thousand five to two thousand eight, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still get messages from people saying like that. That was a special thing no, yeah. you, we could, only five hundred people could come. It was central wow. London. It was a weekend thing. Where was it uh in redline square Is the humanist center uh, it's just in Hoban. ah, so the big hall the in 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 it would be a two day event, and I'd have ah. experimental d j s in one room or sort of weird sound, so someone would be yeah, got a sound lathe or yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. exciting yeah. there. There's a lot of that going have, around then. That was cool. Yeah, it was <laughs> loads of cool stuff. <laughs> people just pressing at the edges. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, in the hall, there'd be I don't know eight, eight or nine acts a day, mm. and it'd be interspersed. It wouldn't be an obvious gig, or would have, like the most famous at the top. Yeah, so yeah. It was yeah, open yeah. with someone interesting. It
0: sounds like. Um, like automosed parties where it's kind of like the whole day was just curated into this really cool like yeah, as you say it wasn't like the most famous plays at 10pm or something it was like the whole day it was like I don't know what to do I'm paralysed like there's yeah. too much stuff going on it today was, it was super I cool. want to watch the TV as well like, <laughs> like even the TV's curated god damn
1: it yeah I had a really uh, I had a really nice time there and, and it was a, a great set of shows yeah. and that set me up in, in good stead as well uh, to, uh, to be seen as sort of part of something
0: yeah well you um, know what you're doing and it's like you're demonstrating it's like oh like you're, you're able to weave all these sort of amazing unifying sort of groups together and put it under an umbrella that all makes sense like absolutely
1: and, and off the back of that I got invited to do lots of other exciting things mm. as kind of someone who does that yeah
0: know. god the, the multiple hat thing yeah, so, that's singer-songwriter,
1: so that's the singer songwriter thing and I'm still doing that now yeah. I really enjoy it I haven't done it for I haven't released a record for a while
0: are we? Um, is this an invitation for a buddy piece, Adam? Collaboration? I <laughs> I'm, think, I'm ready. I think it it. Might be
1: that. I'm ready for it.
0: Um, oh goddamn it! That would be unreal. But
1: yeah. there's there's lots of yeah, lots of exciting stuff that came from that, and I found myself flying. I was going to say by the seat, of my pants, but mm. sort of just really just experiencing loads of wonderful things, mm. and and learning on the job. Mate, yeah. whether it's performing on other people's records as a guest or playing around the world or yeah. being involved in amazing records or all sorts of things happened over those the, uh, over that period
0: do you are you someone who you just sort of say like do you just sort of say yes to things like do you just or, or are there things you're kind of like mm, let's see what? like how, what's your attitude to that
1: i think i was very lucky in that i didn't have many bad opportunities maybe that's just my approach to mm. things Um, That's a very positive spin on it as well. Yeah, yeah. but I also wouldn't do anything that I would feel uncomfortable doing. Yeah, you know, I don't think I'd. I I, I wouldn't say yes if someone said, "Oh, come and do our racist festival." (laughs) Uh, It's like, no, I'd rather not. Thank you. Oh God! I'm not not, not that I'm not that far of a yes person. (laughs) Uh, But, but that said, uh, in in all reality, there there were so many wonderful brilliant opportunities yeah. that were that were coming up that it just, it was very exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, what a time. Okay, so it looks like we're about halfway through the podcast at this point. So I'm going to just put a little pause in the middle here as occasionally we have to put some adverts in there and um, I want to just sort of leave a nice little space for that to happen so here is that and we will return to the podcast directly after see you soon It's been amazing as well because I I definitely, I went through a a big phase listening to your stuff. Like, uh, I don't know if you're going to be comfortable with this because I'm going to gas you up quite a bit and I'm going to big you up. And so you're going to have to sit there and take it while I I do so. But so I used to work in um, a record shop in Kingston, Bankret Records, used to be called Beggar's Bankret. And we used to get promos of things. So it was an amazing time to just sort of be given music to listen to. And then I'd spend a lot of time with it because back then I wasn't, Using up all of my free time listening to podcasts. So yeah, I spent a long time listening to your stuff. But recently, because I knew I was going to be chatting to you, like it's been the most amazing deep dive into your stuff. Because it's I listen to home songs again, and it's properly like. So like my my girlfriend is sort of I often have it with films. Like she'll attest to this. Like I get a bit of a wobble. So it's like I had it with Mrs. Doubtfire the other day. It kind of just knocked me for six. So I was like I was watching. It's like eh, it's pretty funny. And at the end, I was like. <laughs> and like I had a little sob and it's like I had that on the first track on home songs It's was like mm-hmm. that it's I'm not sure what it was but it's like everything about it was just hitting in the right place and it's like you know when you watch a film on a airplane and you get really sort of emotional it's like I had that response to it it was incredible and it's like I was going to ask you about your tone and like the address of the lyrics because it's mm-hmm. one thing I noticed was like it's very sort of second person but then I'm 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 wondering if it's you speaking either to yourself. I mean, I know it's open to interpretation, but it's like, it could be to yourself. It could be to someone else or like, I think that was a really long sentence. Thank you for your patience. I'm,
1: I'm here. I'm here. I'm with you. Very appreciate The main aim I have with a lot of my music with words is to carry someone with me. And I may not be present for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about explaining how someone is feeling and, Maybe to themselves, and a lot of that realizes itself in the realization that um, you know, we 're on our own and we 're all individuals, but that 's one of the most universal things we, these these individual and personal experiences mm. are what makes us connected because we all feel these individual personal experiences yeah. Yeah. and you have this uh, universal connection with everyone who's equally alone or equally in love or equally lost and and i think that that message sort of is a through line through a lot of my words where it's like you aren't alone it's fine that you feel separate because you are just like everyone else who's separate, yeah. but you've, so you've got company. We're all, a, yeah, you know, yeah. we're all alone together. Yeah, And I think that's, that's, that's the study of that is, and, and equally the idea of, and the universality of it and the idea of tiny detail being reflected in universal size things and, and the opposite, you know, these enormous world shattering things mm. being as important as these tiny things that can happen to you.
0: So funny you mention that. That's like in my notes here. Like, I've got like, there's one thing I was going to say, which is like, what I noticed was like the sort of micro and macro element, which is like you could zoom in on the detail. Like, it could be you know, like the ruffle of a a feather or like you know, brief touch or something like that. But then you'll immediately shift to like a huge sort of overview of everything. And And that's
1: that's the idea of of trying to make people connect with themselves and each other and the as i say the universality of reminding mm. you know these huge impersonal things can you can feel so lost in them but then you draw people back into these t- tiny yeah. details to make make you more present yeah. and then back to the a bigger story yeah. and a lot of the songs aren't i don't write songs like a lot of people I know which is well i went to the shop and i bought some bananas and i came home so i'm going to write a song about that <laughs> the the way i write a song is is more sort of sellotaped bits together some of them about me. Some of them about other people. Some mm. things about I've read. Some things I've imagined. Some things, um, you know, messages to myself. That's, them, I
0: definitely uh, that's, got that from yeah. it. I feel like it, like there was a lot that was, like I was listening to it as you addressing somebody else, and then I sort of suddenly thought, no, wait, I think maybe you might be talking. This might be giving yourself a pep talk, sort of thing. Yeah, like, there's elements like, of that. Like that definitely. surrounded song, which is all about like. You know you're surrounded by friends or like mm. you're surrounded by goodness, whereas the word surrounded Im- immediately makes you feel like uh oh, but th- the lyrics totally defy that, and it's like you're yeah, you're telling yourself like no, 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 we're gonna be good sort of thing,
1: yeah, definitely, and I think that I think if I can make it true to myself, then it'll be true for everyone else, yeah, and if I can make it true for someone else, it'll be true for me and, and those those uh connections are 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 just voicings of the same thing, yeah amazing um and that's the the song songwriting side of it i try not to think too much about the words in in sort of concept before i start them and a lot of the time they just kind of reveal themselves to me mm. and then i kind of it's a puzzle i have to solve so i've got this bit and yeah, that yeah. bit and this is the meter and this is the flow and this is where i want to put emphasis and this is mm. where i want to get yeah. how do i solve that puzzle and it becomes a bit of an intellectual exercise for a bit but it always comes from a a, a point it always comes from a root of an emotional root and a, yeah. and a kind of atmospheric root
0: so yeah i remember talking to uh Brigitte ephrodite about it and like she was saying i think where yeah, we both sort of came to the conclusion it was like cracking a code and it's sort of like it's in there but like you, you just got to sort of i guess you let you let the subconscious sort of steer the ship and then well like your monkey brain's kind of like figuring out other stuff it's like that everything is coming to the surface and then it's like developing a photograph, like mm-hmm. the photograph kind of, the, the Polaroid comes to life eventually and then yeah. boom, there it is.
1: I think also the trick is after having done the kind of chipping away, then to make it seem effortless and or, or how could you have said anything else? Mm. Now that's the, that's the trick. If, if I can make it feel unnoticeable, if I can make it feel like a flow of consciousness, if I can make yeah. it feel like a, just my response to your worried question yeah then then rather than any considered intellectual process yeah yeah, yeah then yeah. that's the key for me because that as soon as you start putting in anything that's too clever it starts to uh, alienate the humanness of it somehow i yeah. don't know why no because I understand. i'd love to write i'd love to write songs about various i don't know botanical names or whatever <laughs> but it feels um too considered so yeah. i slip it in every now and then, you know, if I can, especially if it has a double meaning, um, you know, narcissus, brilliant. How can mm. you not use that double meaning? You know, it's great.
0: Totally. Oh, well, wow. Yeah. That, no, that's cool. Um, I mean, it's, it's annoying because I want to sort of like, I wanted to ask you about it, but also I don't, I don't need to sort of like have to get too in your head about like where mm. it all comes from, but I'll it's... tell you I won't tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, thanks for going into the, the lyric process. Yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, for
1: me, that stuff. Uh, I never know what to expect. It's a bit scary. Yeah. And it's also weird. I've gone through various periods of thinking, well, who the hell am I to put a message out to people? <laughs> it's a very strange feeling. You yeah. feel very preachy as soon as you write anything down that's for public con- consumption.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can see. I can see how th- that feeling would creep in. But then, I suppose, like, do you ever sort of. Is, what's the way around that is it to like see it as a listener like imagine if it was just sort of like a record that you were listening to
1: yourself or sometimes i i feel that it's i think of all the records that have had such a huge influence on my life and that i've enjoyed and helped me or mm. you know inspired me or whatever and i think what if those people had thought that and then i, yeah, then yeah, I yeah. start getting the whole thing like well that's pretty big-headed you think you're going to be an influential <laughs> record do you that's going to change yeah. someone's life and you, there's always that that you know one on each shoulder. oh god yeah yeah, but you get over it, and and sometimes you just don't want to write, and then I wait until I do. Yeah, I have lots of different hats, and lots of things keep me busy, so I have to make yeah. an effort to do whatever thing I want to do. Do
0: you think the solo item will come back, like in in a similar guise, or are you, are you sort of like are you focusing more on the what you're being sort of drawn towards, which is more like the scoring and.
1: I love the scoring stuff. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. And I'm learning so much and I'm growing in that world. Mm. Um, and my knowledge and my, and my feelings about it.
0: It's so deep as well. It's like, you know, it's, it, uh, you don't think it... Like, you wouldn't know how deep it goes until you're sort of peeking like, behind the curtain. But, like, it's it's lot yeah, a, a, of it? it's
1: a huge thing. It's a huge thing. And I'm, yeah. I'm really enjoying learning about it. But... I will never lose the urge to perform mm. and to play to people. That immediate communication and that intensity and that fun and that personal touch that that you get from standing in a room with other people and yeah. communicating to them yeah. and sharing that is, is really precious and it's something that I've always loved and it's something that I'll never lose the the thirst for.
0: mm that's so good to hear. It's like I went through, I mean, I, like I used to sort of DJ a lot back in the 2000s and then some in the sort of teens, I suppose. But like, I feel like I haven't done it for quite a while, and yeah, I, I miss it. And it's weird, like, I can't actually imagine. I mean, it's one thing standing behind turntables or like a, a drum pad thing and performing in that way, but I can't imagine what it's like to sing and hold an instrument and play and do everything and all that in real time and no backing and, you know, your, your own backing sort of thing. It's really freeing. And, and I yeah. noticed
1: something as well. A lot of the projects I do, aside from that, are quite uh, white knuckle <laughs> mm. in that I really don't know what's about to happen. And I was wondering how I keep getting caught up in these things. So, for instance... Um, uh, suddenly, being asked to be someone's backing band, but not knowing the songs, or improvising on stage, or yeah. turning up to a venue like I did uh, the last time I played, I took all my instruments up to do. A, I did a solo show as part of an event, and at the last minute, just thought, you know what? I'm just going to play, just going to play Glockenspiel and sing mm. for the whole set. <laughs> and and to work out the song, I had an hour before I went on stage to try oh, and work out arrangements. Crazy man to do that. <laughs> and and it's only now that i'm looking back over the last 20 years 30 years yeah um 25 years and so, and looking at the the various things i've been involved in and the various things i've been i've lent towards and all, all of a sudden i realize you know those dreams where you you know you turn up and you're at an exam and you don't know what the exam is mm. or whatever was, oh, yeah. you know and you just don't know what or you're going to go on stage and you don't know your lines yeah i seem to have spent a lot of my life manufacturing those moments for myself <laughs> and I don't know what it is about it but there's something extraordinarily freeing and exciting yeah, about yeah, yeah. being given permission to just just do and make and and discover on the moment in the moment mm. on the spot and as long as the audience are with you with that as long as that's that contract's been made and everyone's excited to see what the hell is going to happen Yeah, it's a really brilliant situation.
0: How can you get to that level where you've where that contract is signed on both parties? Like, what's the way into that? Like, how how, do you just sort of gauge how they're reacting, and then it's like, okay, maybe I can sort of push this bit,
1: and then sometimes, yeah. And I, I I never have a solid set list. Mm. I never have a an arrangement that I stick with. Well, rarely there are some things that work for me, and I find that that's where I want to go. Mm. Um, But I, I never know what to expect.
0: It sounds like I mean because I, I was saying earlier one about listening to almost exclusively podcasts. I've, I'm trying to change the balance now, mm-hmm. but historically, I've listened to a lot of like U, U.S. comedy podcasts, so like comedians talking about the process, and they're not all funny. It's not like I'm not listening to podcasts going. Oh, it's like I'm listening to people getting actually really deep about it, and it's like yeah. it's almost the opposite of comedy sometimes. But a lot of the time, they uh, comedians talk about how um, yeah, it's those moments that really draw everyone it's it's like that spontaneity and like everyone's sort of of really on the edge of their seat and like like improv nights and things like that so it's like everyone's sort of it's like their magical sense of this could all go completely you know the wrong way and be a total failure but this could be the most insanely great thing i've ever seen and i'll remember this
1: forever and i think that's key remembering it forever i think lots of people do their thing that's brilliant and it works and it's great. But everyone gets to see the same thing and they know, you kind of know that. And it's great, that's lovely. I saw a, a so-and-so show. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a show and it is so specifically that show and that person was there for that moment yeah. when, it can be really, really magical. And I'm trying to think of good examples. Like there have been a number of times where the microphones started feeding back from somewhere not even my microphone. yeah and i've i've thought well this is either a disaster or i do something with it yeah, so yeah, yeah. i'll change the song i'll play in the key of the feedback and i'll play <laughs> along with it or i'll stop put the guitar down and sing along to the to the noise oh, amazing. or i was on a long time ago i was on stage and my, i hadn't left my phone on for some reason it was a solo show that didn't have a band with me sometimes mm. i have a lot of people on stage with me when i perform and it's a bit of a bigger ship to turn. Mm-hmm. But um but still yeah, they all you have can to still work. You can che- still yeah. you can choose the right musician. Yeah, of course. Um so my phone went off and so I stopped, I took the phone call. <laughs> and but for everyone and it's like because it was a personal sh- it was a small show yeah that's you know, almost was, like
0: a big taboo isn't it it's like oh but and it was my is, mum. someone's
1: ringing the phone well it was great though it worked out fine it was my mom was saying when are you on stage and I was like, oh, well, i'm i I'm on stage <laughs> now, started, it's like, yeah I'm, I'm on stage now it's like okay well tell did, me when you're starting it's like did you have it down so the microphone like, so everyone uh, could hear uh, yes and everyone was <laughs> laughing and it made it a moment rather than an embarrassing slip yeah yeah it became something that they shared with me something oh, personal it, and an experience that's you could never manufacture.
0: No, and 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 also like the surprise of it and the way you reacted. It's obviously like you didn't tell your mum,
1: right, mum? Listen, phone me at 7.32. You can tell. You can tell when people yeah.
0: have. Right. Yeah, no, that's so good. And and yeah, people are probably like
1: when they see the name Adam now. Thinking,
0: oh, I remember seeing that dude, and he took a phone call from his mum. Like, yeah.
1: it <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows what people take from it? Yeah, but yeah. I'm. I think. Some people get frustrated because you want to hear the album
0: yeah, as it's played.
1: I will course. never do that. Mm. You know, you might turn up and I might be playing an electronic music. I might be playing tenorion mm. and, and, and singing to that rather than acoustic guitar. You know, you don't yeah. know.
0: So you're almost like you, you're, you're training the audience to just be open to
1: well, the the Well, the songs are songs. The words will be there. Yeah, The heart of the music will be there. No matter what instrument is played on, mm. and the message and the atmosphere will be there. And yeah. so, I, I like the idea of re-listening to something because presented in a slightly different light.
0: Yeah, and I can imagine as well. Like if you, if yeah, if you whip out the Tenorion on, and it's like a for people listening, I'm doing the thing that I said at the start. I'm not into about podcasts. It's like you, you get really into the details without explaining it. The Tenorion on is like a, a, a square with loads of Square of loads of buttons. What? Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. It's a yeah. Japanese art <laughs> Great instrument. Great description. Yeah. it's kind
1: of got a, a grid of buttons, and you press them; they make different noises. Thank Simple you. as that. And you make little loops with it. It's it's just a it's kind of a, a lovely tactile thing that lights up when you play it, literally and figuratively.
0: And it's um, is it? Am I right in saying it's a version of another instrument called a monomi?
1: They're, right? dif- they're kind of different things well they're, they're yeah they're, they're very similar the way they look okay definitely they're, they're in, like in, a grid in look only and and uh t- tenorion is a built-in thing it's got its own sounds it's an instrument mm. whereas a, a, a mono or monomy is is kind of something that triggers your own sounds yeah so you can right. definitely make a tenorion set of sounds for your mono they can do other <laughs> things right <laughs> They're all different. They're yeah, the different yeah, yeah. interfaces.
0: But like, yes. Yeah, so, so you know, you go to a show and you you produce that, and then you start playing on that. But then when the lyrics come in, you're like, oh. And then then you get that recognition, and then yeah, and the fact it's a totally different version of it. That's so. It's like, well, yeah, well, I've got the album. Like this is this person is now recreating that song yeah. without any of that backing. Production, yeah. yeah, I think
1: it's important, and that's that fed into the yesterday stuff as well. How do I get this big production? Because I spend a lot of time on production, mm. on the detail of the recording, on the instrumentation, on the arrangements. If I'm just me on stage and I haven't got 10 people with me, then I have to think about how to communicate the subtleties of that yeah. song. Although, well, no, what there's a recorder section doing this bit here, what how the hell am I <laughs> going to do that? It's like, well, I might ignore it, or I'll play on the guitar, or I'll, yeah, but sometimes I do have 10 people on the stage with me, and then even then I'm not going to do it the same. Mm. I say, okay, I want this bit to really build and how can I harness the skills of these people around me to make it a really magnificent build rather than yeah. you play this, you play this, you play that because that's what's on the record. Yeah,
0: yeah, you've heard the song? All right, cool, do that. And then it also, but then with 10 people in the band, then you've got even more scope to go nuts, okay. like solo for you, solo for you, solo, like Yeah, Yeah, I
1: I think I worked really hard to get an ensemble, a group... Uh, who work really well together and can grow and feel the music. I've been really lucky with all the people I've been, you know, honoured to collaborate with. I've Mm. had some really sensational musicians. Ah, so good.
0: It sounds like as well what you were just saying about the spontaneity and the improvise of, you know, they're open to whatever aspects of it, All that's what you you were trying to bring into the Home Fires Festival as well. It's like get everyone to just change it up completely. Yeah. Yeah. So at the moment you are presently busy with, well, day-to-day life and you are
1: scoring Avenue 5. Avenue 5, yeah. It's a sci-fi comedy space series mm. for HBO. Um, it's so good. Well, it is really good. Um, I've worked a lot with uh, a guy called Armando Inucci, mm. who I think is one of the greatest satirists around uh. and funny, one of the funniest people. yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he did a movie called In the Loop. Um, you worked on that, right? I scored. I did all the music for In the Loop, get, get but that was an interesting one. When I, it was one of the first movies I scored. I'd done lots of s- documentaries and series before that. Um, in Th- fact, that that's I'd, the first film. I think so. Yeah, I think that's the first feature film. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so he did. He did a thing called The Thick of It, which is a political satire, and In the Loop was Thick of It, the movie. Mm-hmm. And I went in I think, great. You know, this is what a brilliant break for me. (laughs) And I went in and the first meeting, the first thing he said to me was like, Right, I don't want anyone to notice the music. (laughs) And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. (laughs) So Mm. ego went firmly in the pocket. Mm. And uh, and it was a great challenge. That's a good
0: place to be though, isn't it? Uh, It was
1: it was a really good challenge. And (sighs) to this day, if you say okay, what's the music in The Loop like? It's like, well, I like the bit at the end, the credits, but I yeah. can't really remember. Because it's a mockumentary, so it's, it would spoil it if it was obvious that we were enhancing the atmosphere. So a lot yeah. of it's like walking through doors music that you don't notice to just give it momentum. And it really makes a huge difference to add the music. Mm. But to do it invisibly is it was a real oh, i have to see it again now, craft. yeah. Because
0: yeah. I... I yeah, when I think back, it's like, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, the end credits, but I, I almost don't remember it having music now you, now you no, say no, it. Exactly. Wow. I mean, it was
1: a real challenge. It was great. I've done a whole bunch of things since then, but he he contacted me fairly recently and said, this will be great for you. Uh, and I thought, oh, great. Yeah. Sci-fi. Now, I'm a, I am like sci-fi, big fan, and I thought, I've, and, and what it does give you in, in film scoring world is a width of drama, of scope, really sort of broad cinematic license sci-fi to really as a it. sci-fi genre, as yeah. genre especially yeah. as film music and so i went and going right i can really no stretch my wings mm. um but go in with some good ideas and try some stuff out yeah and then the first yeah, thing I can you can is like i don't want to sound like sci-fi <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh not again Oh, oh man, but, though, what are you doing? but it was great he has a brilliant he's got a brilliant um mind and the superb uh set of ideas about how it all works
0: well it's and- almost like the uh, i really don't mean to cut you off but like the um like the trevor jackson things like so you trust his taste because he's got demonstrably very good taste and he's he he's sort of bringing you into the fold of this good taste world and armando Nietzsche's kind of doing that like he's giving you the brief of first of all the music has to be unnoticed but then that that brought out like a really sort of interesting inventive element in you, and then in this one it's like, right, I want it to be not sci-fi. So then you are like, ah, I know you are doing this. Yeah. And then well, it, yeah.
1: it's specifically, he wanted it's set in the future, but not too distant future. It's like the future, but things are just a bit more rubbish. It um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. was the way he pitched it to me, yeah, yeah. and and it's just the same sort of stuff, just more. Yeah, yeah. And but what he did want was for the whole series to have it's a really different sound to anything else Mm. and it sounds completely not connected to any trope anywhere it's not bleeps and bloops and doctor who is it no but nor did he want it to sound like other series or anything so that's a big challenge like do something completely original create a new genre (laughs) yeah and so i've been working really hard at creating genre um and and it's worked really well it's it's really bonkers um Uh, it's
0: it's absolutely spot on like i don't know what i would expect from it if you if he said that to me like if you synopsized or like you know what's the premise if you gave me the premise of the series and said right what do you think the music would be like but i've i got no idea (laughs) i've got nothing
1: yeah i mean because there's part of it is on a cruise ship basically it just happens to be in space Yeah, yeah and and so you've got this thing where you know maybe it's that maybe it's really lame luxury music yeah like
0: lounge or yeah shopping but then
1: i couldn't that. bear doing that it wouldn't be fun and it wouldn't work because a lot of it is it's fast action comedy Loads of um loads of fast talking, lots of dialogue. Well, it's all like really in, clever stuff.
0: Yeah, it's like the same or like well, very similar look and feel to in the loop or yeah, in, a bit. Like and is that sort, of, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, like really free flowing and it's like this this looks too much for like real life to be a series or like
1: it, Yeah, and finding yeah. the gaps musically is, is quite tricky and underpinning this busy dialogue is a really sort of mm. interesting challenge and i I've, I've really Got to grips with it. I really yeah, enjoyed doing yeah. it, and having odd music, not just strange time signatures, but strange combinations of, it, of yeah. instruments. And yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, of, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a real like nice sort of sandbox feel to it. Like you can sort of do anything, but also here are here are some restraints. So like, yeah, I mean, you, you could use sort of all electronic instruments, but you you didn't really at all. Did you? Not was,
1: many. I've I've used electronic processes. Yeah. On uh acoustic recordings so uh, a good example is um i recorded robert who's uh, robert stillman who's a fantastic clarinet uh, mm. saxophonist really he lives down the road yeah yeah yeah. and um he i recorded him playing bass clarinet and we recorded for a while and then i took them took the recordings away and then just chopped them up yeah and processed them reversed them, sped them up changed the notes and they ah. just sound really alien yeah uh, I and mean, bass clarinet sounds weird anyway yeah the best of times but then to sort of pitch shift it and, and process it and, mm. and, and use very, very digital processes on it. Made it even more weird. Yeah. Um, and and so I can use it as an extended noise, alien sound, or um, add a lot of momentum by playing it uh, regularly. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I did stuff like that and still am. <laughs> it's, yeah. sort of, it, it's, it's really fun to explore. And what was great is I managed to really explore it with my producer hat on. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, as a producer, I love exploring. I love you know studio as an instrument. Yeah, yeah. And, and just, just going back to and, the fridge days, going right? back to the fridge yeah, yeah, yeah. days, and and everything I've learned. And since. And the Beatles. Yeah. Of course. All this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a big round circle. Yeah. And so all these experiments I've done um, over the years start to kind of make sense together, and I I'm t- I draw different things from all
0: different mm. bits of them. And it's interesting as well when you. I find that I feel like with a lot of stuff that I do as well, it's like I have no idea usually what, like, I I just do this thing and then I do the next thing. But then when you draw back from it, again, that sort of micro macro thing, sort of like you Mm -hmm. can see that it it all had a personality, but I'm too in it to sort of see what the personality is.
1: I think that's important though. I think if you're too hyper aware, you become self referential and you stop being original because you're just trying to copy and fit rather than just be. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. It's yeah. really, really important to just be and see what comes out. And sometimes it's rubbish and you have to do some more. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it's like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two years later you can say, Oh, you know, that's really similar to that other project you did for that dance company.
0: Yeah, yeah right, right, right. No, it's um it's it's cool finding these little things and sort of realising them as you as you sort of go along. It's just like I, I like that kind of like, ah, I see what's going on here a bit. And then you you know, you, you never fully know, but it's I like noticing them from time to time taking a step back from it kind of thing so you're still involved in avenue five
1: yep it's just been commissioned for a second series oh so i'm gonna be scoring that yes yeah, so can i
0: good. can i high five yeah you Ding. I Ding. bet that came through I'll, I'll bump it up i'll beef it up in post-production um,
1: actually yeah. you should just just copy it with a different sound like maybe a, a glass ting okay instead all okay.
0: right edit point buddy do the uh do the glass thing that arden mentioned ding
1: like that all right cool just cut that in
0: i will no one's gonna notice a thing apart from us talking about it now we would have shut the whole illusion anyway i'll find a way around it and oh and uh, on the subject of <laughs> on, the, on the subject of music but like you um you also recently produced the moshi moshi
1: choir the social yeah. singing choir a lot of a lot of the EB. time i think my heart in my heart of hearts i'm a producer whatever that means and when you take it back to a root like maker really i'm a music maker mm. and i think i really respond to that and I, I think there's lots and lots of projects i do where it's me just making sounds and i know it sounds really obvious but i, I think a no, lot I of people you know take saying. they say i am a singer or a writer or a guitarist or whatever I, I think for me it's much more broad with the ingredients but very specific in the way that it's putting the ingredients together in the right way, yeah, yeah and yeah. everything balancing off each other, and really considering how things connect, and that's what I've become good at, yeah, over the years. And I think really where my heart started with fridge, all you know, in my yeah. early teens, yeah, yeah. Um, all the signs yeah, are there. That's for what sure. it was all about, yeah, and getting that balance or imbalance, you know, decided imbalance, to, mm-hmm. to to work in its in the right way. Yeah, and I think that that all comes to a head when I'm doing production of records or, or soundtracks where I'm not thinking in a sort of big orchestral sense but thinking in a more, like, soundsy sort of way.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, like, the production, I mean, I've sort of got this from the the more, like, hip-hop sort of beat-making style of stuff that I do, which is, like, if you're a producer, like, often producer can mean you are in control of an album and the way it sounds and you get the, like, the and I know, MC or whatever and then you sort of tailor the sound to that but then you also you're in charge of selecting all the mics and all, you know all the production techniques and all this kind of stuff or it can mean loosely like beat maker which is you know you just bang out loads of beat things on labels or something and um, so producer can mean on a grander scale it can mean like the the person who gets the whole production underway and makes the choices or, or yeah it can be somebody who's just sort of like you know you're tinkering around with sounds and yeah, Think I had a real
1: wake-up moment on that. We'll get back to the the, the singing choir in mm. moment. I had a wake-up moment with what a producer is, because obviously, as a kid, I would spent years very hands-on, twisting knobs to make a sound change, putting a microphone in an interesting place and catching a sound and figuring out yeah. how to process it. And then got a phone call, and we were invited to Rack Studios, which is a really wicked studio in London. Mm. And... um Someone had heard it's been played on XFM, I think. Yeah. And uh, I can't. Remember. It was no, mid to late nineties, and uh, just kids really. And then we went into the studio to record with. Um, there's a band called Electronic, mm-hmm. who's uh, Bernie Sumner, Johnny Marr doing like, their. Oh right! oh, oh yeah 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 okay. And but at yeah. the helm is this guy Arthur Baker. Now, Arthur Baker, I, I didn't know very well at the time who he was, thank goodness, because it would have been a bit daunting. <laughs> yeah. But he's like a pretty serious dude. If Look him up, uh, especially if you're into like hip hop and yeah, the old yeah. rock dudes sort of influencing record the recording of hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so he was there and he was producing it. But we had always been very hands-on with every element of it as a band um, to the point where I couldn't understand how you could do it otherwise. Mm. But here was this dude just sitting in a big sofa <laughs> with some speakers and like listening through a mix and going like, yeah, like turn up the hi-hats. <laughs> and then this guy would scoot over to the mixing desk yes, and yes, turn a, turn a, turn a knob and no, no, like someone really cool. Like, mm. very, like that's his job. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, my no, job. No. I'm good at this. Yeah. And yeah his yeah, job yeah. is literally just to be a, the taste. It's like, he didn't care where the microphone went. Mm. That's someone else's job. He didn't even care like what was happening. He just wanted the, a good performance. hmm in a way that was right mm. he didn't know what that means but and then he could ju- make good judgments afterwards
0: well that brings an energy to everything like that brings its own energy doesn't it? exactly that kind of and and to
1: song. know to know you know you might take the bass out and yeah. that's a completely different song and so to be an overseer to be someone with a fresh set of ears to say this is what it should be or this is what it could be yeah it's sort of a really interesting role and i'd never thought of it like that yeah um yeah, yeah. and i found it it was quite an eye-opening thing to me it's like wow you kind of like an executive, for want of a better term, yeah, sort of like yeah. a, a, an umbrella to kind of say, look, you're getting stuck in the details. Yeah. You guys do that. That's your job. You're good at that. My job is to say, that's not funky. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what you need to do to make it funky is this or whatever. I, um, I need an Arthur Baker in my in my internal monologue. Don't sure. we all? Like Every decision is like, should I go red or green? That's and, not funky. <laughs> um, but with the with the Margate... Music Choir. It was an interesting project because it went right back to the basics. Um, huey came in, the arranger, composer, hmm. uh, uh, conductor for the choir. Jackal. Yep. Yeah. And um, he said, "I've got these recordings. They're really good. I have a long relationship with Moshi Moshi. Um, in fact, I'm going to do a little aside here. Moshi um, Moshi Records are based in Margate. Um, a lot of the time, a fantastic record label." Um, yeah, put out so many so many good records over
0: responsible for a lot right?
1: a lot of good stuff Yeah, and in fact rewinding even more and aside from the aside the guy that signed Fridge first major record deal Fridge and Arab Strap pretty cool combo um, mm-hmm. was Stephen Bass and this is late 90s Stephen Bass is the guy who runs Moshi Moshi it's his, he's one of the guys that set it up um, That's crazy. and so I've known him since back then and we our paths cross all the time. And Moshimoshi put out Silver Columns, which is a sort of electro pop record I, I made with uh, Pictish Trail. Mm. And um, I've been involved with the Hot Chip stuff and, and lots of bits and bobs. And an incredible tastemaker label. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, having Moshimoshi in Margate was also another draw for a lot of. For you know, knowing they were here too it was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense.
0: It's like an anchor of what you know and what you're familiar with. And you, it's like, okay, well. I, I'm very familiar with Moshi Moshi, they're awesome, so that's a, exactly surely a good sign.
1: So it's nice to, to be presented with these four tracks, um, with the, the Margate Social Singing Choir, mm. um, singing four versions of these great songs that Moshi Moshi put out over the years. Um, but it came to me it as it's just voices and some, maybe some keyboard in the background or a little drum machine, mainly spillage. Mm-hmm. Like, what can we do to this to make it work? Yeah. And how do we make it more because we didn't just want the voices um he said that the idea was to kind of make it something a bit more than that mm. and we, we we threw all sorts of references around and like the langley schools music project you know, yeah and, yeah and, yeah and, yeah and that the it, not necessarily the sound of that but the idea of it where you sort of feel a bit privileged to sort of be able to listen to it and it's yeah. really honest it's really pure yeah about what it is
0: and it cuts down to the very essence of the song as well and it's it's like it it totally fits you as well because it's a it's a different versions of existing songs but also you're you're finding the you're whittling it down to the essentials essentials. and that's like that's fit into so much of what you've been talking about and
1: and the, the thing we wanted to do was make sure the atmosphere was there and so a lot of the trick was not just finding what to add to these things and what production to do whether it's me layering up some cellos or banging a drum or Mm -hmm. programming some arpeggiated synths or whatever more how can i make that sound like it's in the space with them yeah and would that be realistically what they're singing to and so this idea of atmosphere and and presence within a space not just in a technical way like reverbs or echoes or whatever but more in a kind of does it sound like they're singing along to this does it sound like someone would play this while they're singing that? Yeah, and
0: you haven't just whacked on a layer of what you're yeah, talking about. It would about be there.
1: very easy to do a remix yeah, yeah, and yeah, bang yeah. on a four to the floor and have done with it. Mm-hmm. But the idea of being more subtle than that and trying to transport the listener into an environment that didn't exist mm. is was a really a fun yeah. challenge. And we yeah, did it quite quickly. Explains. It was quite instinctive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean weirdly I haven't heard the finished record yeah like i want to i want to buy it from Huey or or one of the many record shops in margate and and put it on a turntable and give it some time like i don't just want to skip through it on online yeah i want to actually like give it the appropriate attention
1: yeah there's there's a lot in there and i think that's actually that's a really interesting point and and with all the music i make yeah all the music i make gets better with repeated listens Mm. and i think that's due to an attention to detail and not following the obvious path every time. And sometimes that's a disadvantage. Don't get me wrong, it's not a boast. Um, sometimes it's real, it's, it's a struggle because a lot of music is designed to be immediately enjoyable.
0: Oh, so yeah, you mean y- yours, the, the negative side could be the fact you have to give it more attention. And yeah, in, in the modern
1: times, who does that really? Mm. If you don't win people over in the first two listens, why are they going to listen to it again? Yeah, yeah if you if they don't even win them over in the first half of the first song why would they listen to the rest of the album
0: and there's got to be metrics on that as well like
1: spotify will be these like there's some really numbers. significant and depressing stuff going on yeah yeah and yeah, the yeah. Uh, but that's it's not. I'm not. It's just different. Mm. It's not not better or worse. Really, mm-hmm. it's just you know people bemoan the loss of when you'd go out and you'd go walk ten miles to your record shop to purchase <laughs> the album and you'd treasure it and all no, the way that's on the bus. Different home time the, was it? The, is it well, yeah. you know what? It's it was a different time. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily not necessarily a better one. No, no. But totally. I, I I think there's a responsibility in us as listeners to give things a chance and we're all guilty of not like I don't like this why mm. would I listen to this you yeah. know beat and frog song um, I don't I'm not into this you know whatever yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but uh, I, I do feel that we can connect with music with repeated listens even within um, repetition is a beautiful thing the brain loves it yeah and um, say again and, I'll edit you
0: in again yes
1: boom boom thank you the idea that that we don't familiarize ourselves with this environment that we're wandering in it's like you walk through a garden it's like yeah it's quite nice Mm -hmm. but imagine sort of going back and looking at each individual thing more closely and then more closely again and then doing you know doing drawings of those things and then talking to other people about them that's when you start to really get the richness from
0: well it's it's like a relationship with you know a loved one or something like or like a you know girlfriend boyfriend companion whoever like it's you 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 have that initial falling in love period and then you you gradually you fall in love with different elements, or, or like you might revisit another element, or, or like an earlier element, or something. Yeah, it's but, like you keep sort of discovering.
1: But at the moment, people are just flicking through photos. It's like like don't like like don't like. Yeah, and that's the that's the that's how it works nowadays. Yeah, but I'm quite happy not engaging with that. I'm quite happy just this is what I do. Yeah,
0: it doesn't have to be a part of your system, like or your sort of uh, nutrition kind of thing. It's like you don't have to have that in your diet. I mean, you you can be aware of it, but. Yeah, I don't think you lose from not engaging in it. Yeah, it's and when not, people when people actually. come to
1: me to produce their music and to bring their ideas to life, um, they are aware of that because they're approaching me. Mm. And that's really nice about having history and having put records up. You, you know, they know what you know, they never know what they're gonna get mm. but um they know fundamentally it's not gonna be a sort of a kick in the face music it's gonna mean <laughs> music. You, you spend time and it'll grow sometimes it'll be banging techno mm. but it'll still be better after a few listens
0: yeah 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 And it's funny like as i was saying about revisiting your your earlier stuff like i mean specifically home songs as well it's like it, i notice going back to it like I, even on like the first sort of few bars or something before you start singing i have this weird nostalgic kind of like longing feeling and i there's
1: lots but, of... Yeah, I, I spend a lot of time ma- making an environment, so there's lots of creaks and atmosphere and these yeah. things. There's lots of hiss that I emphasise and... Instrument and, and noise and as instrument well, like noise. the creaking and the,
0: the yeah. strings and the kind of scrapes and plucks. And, yeah. All of
1: that, and it's transporting, you know, especially in an age where, you know, everyone is making everything hit the beat at just the right time and editing out all the hiss... Mm-hmm. because for some reason people don't like it. Mm. Um but they do like it. They just don't know. It, 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 but there's an obsession with cleanliness and, and um, this really rigid sort of idea of perfection. Mm-hmm. And and it's wrong. Um, it's not atmospheric. And I listen to a lot of the... My favorite records and it's like wow this could never have been made nowadays this would yeah. never pass muster no. because it's out of tune or out of time or it's not a great vocal performance you would have fixed that well, or whatever ex- all these different things would come wouldn't yeah. come to pass because each step along the way someone would have just tweaked that thing or oh yeah, just yeah, yeah, fixed yeah. that thing and it wouldn't be the, the, what it is well he's using that
0: uh, what you're just saying as an example like well somebody else who you've worked with daniel johnston like he he wouldn't be released on a label now like he would be probably thrown in the reject pile instantly unless the right mind was listening to it but like if you listen to it now it's kind of like it seems so radical it's like how how did how
1: did this guy get (laughs)
0: released onto cds and vinyl but but when you hear the song be
1: played yeah, uh, and also getting to grips with it because when when I played with him, we did a couple of shows, and I was his band. Mm. Um, Angel and, and Daniel Johnson, yeah, right? I, I did that one. The yeah. Devon Daniel Johnson, I think.
0: But the um, yeah. sorry, the the I know the DVD was they yeah, called yeah, it yeah, the yeah, Angel. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Sorry. No, I'm not correcting you. <laughs> no, no was... you do. My my memory is not uh, sure. This, this was a specific. So like, I did th- one. This it... one was given a different title. There's one with James Yorkston and I, and there was an, another set of shows with me and Jeffrey Lewis being his band, and we'd learn. We'd be his accompaniment, mm. and so to get to grips with these really simple songs, you suddenly realise how they're not simple at all because it's a very simple pattern, but to communicate the amount of stuff he does yeah simply is a massive emotional investment and projection and that sounds, yeah. sounds quite pretentious no no no, no. You when well, you've heard him like you play, understand you Robinson. can't just play those chords because in the straight you just it just doesn't make any sense you have to just ebb and flow you have to l- connect with the audience somehow it's kind of like
0: blues i suppose there's elements of blues but it's quite yeah. f- free form like like lightning hopkins or like yeah, you know, old sort of Muddy waters stuff it's like it's it, it, yeah it's, it hasn't necessarily got that click but it's really loose and it's kind of yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: and a lot of it's due to technology as well the the, the fixing of stuff as, as we all become bedroom producers um we find that the tools to fix things are just infinite almost yeah. and it and wants
0: you to fix it as well like in ableton you throw a beat and it's like do you want me to put this in time for
1: you and it's like exactly okay <laughs> and and then you lose all swing yeah, you yeah, lose yeah, all, yeah. All, all the you know the good stuff, Yeah. and I think that that's that's, that's an interesting thing. And it when people look back on this period, these sort of forty years or whatever of, mm-hmm. of, of the of the production of music, they'll say like, "Wow, I got pretty clinical," <laughs> and that's yeah. cool for some stuff, yeah. But jings, that's like not really the right. You know, thank goodness we. Changed that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and That's then right. already you see it. You know, it's, it's it's you see it all around. You know, the shift back to vinyl, the shift back to using uh, you know analog recording situations, and, mm. and, and or like all if it all
0: effects on 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 digital software to make it. Like yeah. like well, wow, you're just, just
1: undigitalizing everything. Yeah, whereas fifteen years ago, everyone was doing that. Yeah, no Metallica <laughs> was doing their best to clean every single moment of, right. Album, right. of this of their enormous success that's going to communicate to millions of people and i think that that's you know a lot to do with the technology because you can mm-hmm. and maybe if you know someone had, had that in the 70s they'd have gone full whack too more, mm. more so than you know there's a lot of very clean recordings in the 70s and the, yeah they struggle to make it cleaner all the time yeah yeah um so it, i'm not saying that it was artistically better I and mean, it's just the tools have given us this weird decision to make oh for sure um, yeah. but we need to remind ourselves it's a decision we're making rather than, yeah. than what you need to do
0: yeah it, it, it's a hard trap to get out of as well because i'm i'm as guilty as the next person it's like uh, i'll i'll throw stuff in ableton uh, the the music making program and yeah and and it, it's easy to you pile up all this stuff and you make it all sort of fit into each other but then yeah it's like you get locked into this hypnotic spell and it's like wait 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 stop it stop it and then it's like and then i, I want to just untie it all and sort of make it all really sloppy and loose and
1: yeah interesting i just had the thought that some of my favorite music is minimalist mm. so you listen to steve reich and the music is designed to be repetitive it's designed to be exactly right yeah but because it's played by humans on acoustic instruments you get the drift you get these weird flows and drifts and you get this uh, movement of intensity and communication of of emotions Mm. within it that's just like really magical Mm. and you can't recreate that in any electronic way um or
0: it would take an insane it would take more effort to to recreate that in a digital environment than to replay
1: it. I don't think there's enough, there's enough scope to it. it, You'd have to, yeah, as you said, yeah, what you're saying is the same. You'd have to play it as a, as an instrument over Mm. and over again with the different sounds and different timbres and changing the positioning of where they're Yeah. Like numerically you could probably do it, but it would just, you could model it, but it'd be like modeling the weather. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Total mission. In, in an effort to, uh, let's say, to, to to park this or like to to approach the driveway, we're going to reverse into the driveway, beep, 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 driving a, beep, a a big lorry it beep, seems, beep. and get out of the lorry and into the front door, tuck ourselves into bed. Uh, Adam, what is on the foreseeable horizon? Future. Who well, I say, Horizon. We're we're about five minutes from the beach. Um, if it feels appropriate. What What are you looking at in the future for you?
1: Um, actually, Horizon is a good thing. Um, I love that about Margate. That's one of the <laughs> real big draws here, isn't it? Having oh. that width and the sea. It's it's a strangely compelling thing for artistic. Wait, I, I was gonna say it comes i think for into everyone your, yeah. I, I was gonna say everyone but i think in order to make it permanent i would say artistic type yeah, yeah, yeah. to, to me um but it comes into your music a lot i notice. Yeah, there's, well. there's a, of... a breadth and a, and a sort of a weird melancholy that you can draw from it but it's kind of a positivity it's a strange
0: just like the staring twist. into the abyss but in a really nice way <laughs> Yeah, I, Stones I think a
1: pretty abyss. Yeah, uh, I, someone described um, some of my music as what was it, uh, hopeful melancholy. I thought yeah. I, I, I can see that looking out at the sea, like a hopeful melancholy. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, They're singer songwriters' stuff anyway. But yeah, so what's on the horizon?
0: Or oh, can you can you talk about it? Do you want? to talk Yeah, about there, it? well, to. I'm
1: just trying to think. There's loads of different things, which is always the way. I like mm. shifting around and seeing what happens. Um, another another series of TV um yeah. of, of the hbo stuff which i'm really excited about yeah it's a really rewarding series to be working on um i'm producing a couple of albums um once that gets going uh very different types and i have other bits of music coming up too um i'm just enjoying making music
0: yeah and you have this, there's a collaboration with me as well coming up, isn't there? Are you going to be oh, yeah, able to fit yeah. that in? Like, keep,
1: keep your eyes peeled, 2025, twenty-five, will be out.
0: <laughs> oh, you're optimistic, Arden. <laughs> you, you, uh, you're very optimistic with my... I work quickly, uh, <laughs> I work quickly. I, do, uh, I don't work slowly. I, um, it depends. It's like we we're talking about the deadline thing. If you give me five years, in the four and a half year, you'll get, you'll get the product. Yeah. I,
1: I I do a lot of that. I I think there's two things I do to help um other musicians when I'm producing them or if I'm helping them with writing or whatever. One's a really good solid deadline. The other one's limitation. Like the Brian Eno thing. Uh, probably. It? Yeah, if yeah, you right. if you limit your options then you really do focus on what you've got to hand. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I really believe in and live by. Um, it makes
0: a lot of sense, yeah.
1: And it really is what—it's uh, amazing what people do.
0: Mm. Yeah, and, and it's something that we all had to do back in the day. Like, I mean, uh, uh, like I—I I started making music on a Akai MPC sampler, and it's like it's got a lot of things you can do in it. But if that's your only box you have in front of you, then you, you have to. Right? How can I make this? So I've got a key in every single duh and then change the volume of every duh and it'll be duh, 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 and that's gonna take about half an hour then i'm gonna have a cup of coffee and then i'll come back and then i do the next bar and it's yeah. ridiculous
1: but, but it, it's so it fun. also it also might make you think like okay what happens if i get a microphone out and bang it on the door and let it bounce off and maybe that'll make the more the sound you need yeah and yeah, so there's, yeah, it, yeah it just makes you think about what are your what can you do within this little cage mm. yeah absolutely
0: limitations are the key for sure in speaking of limitations uh, We've gone just shy of two hours Autumn, yeah. thank you very much for your time sir. Yeah. Some say life is like a cow I don't know how
1: Your thoughts? If it's sung right, it'll connect with you Here it is Thank you,
0: it. I just realised in the intro I didn't ask you how you're doing um, How you doing? You good? Good, fantastic I, I mean that um yeah uh, wasn't that a, wasn't that a treat he's such a nice guy um it's really you know he's like very relaxed and mellow and calming and all that kind of stuff and um i got it's just got a real kick out of hearing the songwriting process because as i mentioned like i did a really deep dive on on all his stuff like all his back catalog and it was so pleasant because i haven't really checked in on it for a, a few years because i as i said like um I got introduced to it when I was working in the record shop and sort of through various reasons, like I, 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 think it's just a lot of different kind of music kind of like swept over me. And since then I haven't really checked in on it and it was such a lovely task to set myself and, uh, it was cool to sort of get all those, uh, connections and all this sort of, um, tones and yeah, I was saying about all like the sort of the way he addresses, uh, subjects in his lyrics, um, yeah, really lovely, fascinating stuff. So, um, thanks, Adam. <laughs> yeah, you're the best. Thank you, mate. Um, in other news, buddies buddies got featured in a podcast called the Podcast Radio Hour on Radio Four. Super honoured to be a part of that. It was really lovely. Um, yeah, uh, th- thanks to Amanda and Greg for the uh, the feature. It was it was so weird to hear like to hear a clip of of the podcast on another podcast and uh yeah it all gets very meta when you start having like podcast shows about podcast. but it i mean so many people like you, you sort of don't really know where to find podcasts it's fair enough because like you know, you get itunes charts and all this kind of stuff but like th- there are so many podcasts in the world now and you can sort of take a punt on them and just like you know dip your toe in for 10 minutes and you know decide whether you like it or not or you can sort of go for a deeper dive and it's really cool to have like a sort of directory kind of approach and um i i I produce this podcast called pod bible which is uh a couple of guys, uh, Adam and Stu, and uh, Scrooby's Pip as well. He's part of it. They uh, they started it, um, which is yeah, it's another sort of podcast recommendation show. And uh, yeah, these things are great. They're really they're, they're kind of invaluable and um, a really great resource. So yeah, I'm very touched and honoured to be a part of that. I'll put a link to it in the episode. the The next episode of Buddies Buddies is going to be a really interesting one for you to hear. Um, I'm super psyched for you to hear it. Uh, you may have seen in the last uh, Margate Mercury that I I got a um, little feature in it which is amazing super exciting um, that's all leading to something which uh, let's say if you pick up the next Margate Mercury you'll 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 get a good idea of what it's leading up to the launch of which will be at Olby's on Sunday the Sunday after you hear this uh, in the evening so yeah um, have a peep. Uh, come down if you can. Otherwise, uh, pick up a Margate Mercury to get some more info on what is coming next in Buddy's Buddies because it's um, yeah, it's going to be like an occasional one-off kind of kind of deal, and um, it's sort of a really interesting tangent for the podcast, which is going to be really exciting. I'm ever so psyched about that. Uh, oh, and also, uh, I don't know if you are followers of the heckles mail-out. Um, or if you're sort of on their Facebook or social media, I'm sure a lot of you are. Like, they're very much a mainstay here in, in Margate um, and way beyond Margate, of course. So, I'm doing some work with them. I've, I've been working with them for a, a little while now. So, part of that uh, has been to basically start this, uh, we're calling it Heckles Radio. So, it, effectively, I mean, it, it's Spotify playlists, but it's not like. I always start with disclaimers. So I, I think of it as not being kind of like cafe, chill out sort of stuff. Nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that. I was acting you were attacking me then. Sorry. <laughs> Essentially, it's a weekly playlist of... Uh, songs that i've picked out with a i mean there's a rough theme to each one i mean they are quite it's it's mostly stuff uh slightly more in the mellow kind of tip um but not the kind of stuff you would find on a sunset chill out compilation i suppose um i like to think it goes a bit deeper than that sort of thing and uh yeah there's there's a few classics that I've, i've been listening to for many years and there's a lot of really nice like ambient stuff and um you know a lot of beatless things a lot of things with beats too but uh very much sort of anchored by the what what i would consider the the sort of heckles ideology and uh flavor and essence i suppose you'd call it um so yeah if you have a look on spotify um uh again i'll put a link for it in the podcast in the description subscribe to the newsletter have a look on their facebook and instagram and all that kind of stuff uh it's a really nice collection um and yeah there's going to be another one this week this week uh this sunday will be the the second playlist so yeah follow that it's going to be a really cool series i think that's going to do it for this one uh so yeah i told you it was going to be a bit of a longer outro um obviously you can skip it whenever you want this is the idea so uh yeah um it's gonna look like an intimidatingly long podcast but uh yeah there's a reason for it i just wanted to give you some news and instead of doing a two-parter i mean i thought you know let's let's just bang it all out today eh? so yeah i hope that's cool with you um thanks ever so much for checking in Huge love. Sorry for the lack of seaside sounds, but I'm going to see what I can do to balance that out. I had this idea of putting some Arden loops underneath it. So hopefully that will have happened and I'll have had time to do that. Uh, If so, that's probably what you'll be hearing now and in the intro. So perfect. Well done, buddy. Good work on doing that if you did it. So nice one. Um, um, I'm speaking to you now. Nice one. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. be good be strong be safe be very nice to each other and i will see you very soon all right peace